This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. We are back. I went on vacation. Rich decided to uh, hold up his end of the bargain and and do two solo shows uh, while I was out in the foreign land. And then Rich said, I'm going on my two weeks vacation. And then I said, I'll do one week and I'll do the second week. And I was like, no, I'm not doing the second week. So we're back after a uh, basically, a, you know, 14, 15 day hiatus. And uh, there's a lot to talk about. A lot to talk Jesus about. Christ. So Rich, yes. uh, welcome back, man. You know the, the street's been calling. You know they, they've been wondering what the real is, and, and we have we have answered. You know we have arrived. Have no fear. Uh, you know you you know if you were you were missing your boys, we're we're here for for the proper opinions on pro wrestling and and everything else. You know everything you can take with you to fight in whatever form you may be in. You can uh you can either credit us or you can steal from us. It really don't matter. But um yeah you know so. Lots of shit. So I was out of the state. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't go to Japan um, like James. Um, I wish I did. I mean, but, um, you you went you went to Georgia. I did. It, but uh, I, Georgia that wasn't Atlanta. Well, I must say I wasn't in the A. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it was it was my wife's birthday. Um, like, and we booked a cabin. Up in um, north west Georgia, I want to say so. East. West, I thought so, y'all were by Savannah. So we were in both. So we we spent a couple of days in Savannah. Okay. Um, we spent a day in Savannah. Went up to Blue Ridge, and that was like eleven minutes from Tennessee. And then okay. came back to Savannah. Spent a couple more days there. Then came home. Um, pro tip for anyone going out there in January and. Blue Ridge, um, they don't have a lot of things that are open. <laughs> it's kind of there's something like I guess it's called an off season. So it was it, it was a struggle to like pull up uh, certain things. Um, like you would Google them, it would say open. You would pull up, and that would not be the case. I was quite frustrated at one point, Oof. but um, it's a That's quaint rough. quaint small town there. Kind of nice for what it is, um, and. I, I do have a funny story though about kind of where we were staying. So we had this big ass cabin. It was nice. Uh, shit was raw as fuck. Like honestly, I wish like that was my place. But um, like there was a, like, How was a basement the level to it. Great. Re- okay. 
Because you know, like Wi-Fi strong out there. Okay, because you know, like some of the you know, you get into like North North Georgia, Tennessee, um, Alabama area, in like you know where my where my one of my uncles um has his cabin up, and man, like it's some. If you come down the mountain, you might have cell reception. If you go up the mountain, you shit out of luck. It's tough, depending on where you're at. And die or need emergency services. Yeah, like it, it depends where you're at. I went to uh, I went to Helen one day, which is the place where they shot that one episode of Atlanta where all the people were dressed like Germans and all that. Oh, wow, most of that stuff was closed though when we okay. got there, so you know it wasn't really too much to do. But did eat out there. Um, that was about an hour away from where we were. But I was saying, as far as the reception in the cabin, um, we decided. You know, I was like, well, since we're like right near Tennessee, uh, why don't we just go over there for lunch? And mm-hmm. so I popped the GPS on and I was bound to see it eventually. I was I was on the lookout. I was I was quite pertinent, you know, aware of where I was at uh-huh. all times. So um, I'm taking the, mind you, I'm 11 minutes away from the state line in Tennessee. Right. Yeah. Um, there is a kind of a front way you can go. And then there's like a back way you can go like to get there. As to get into like, the state? <laughs> yeah. So like okay. there's like, you know, you can either take like the back roads or you can take like one of the state roads. Okay. So the uh, the GPS took us through up some of these back roads. And I was like, all right, whatever. And, you know, you're driving. And all of a sudden, you know, you look to your right. The good old stars and bars. Love to see them. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you, I mean. I remember that was like Georgia State flag for so long. Is like, so even you know you see that stuff everywhere. I mean, hell, you see that like uh, you see a lot of that. Hell, you can just go to you know like a the town you used to you used to stay in Palm Harbor downtown downtown Palm Harbor. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, but you know, luckily it was like, you know, you just drove by and then, you know, whatever, but we get to Tennessee I was doing shit like leaning over the state line. It was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> they like they're, they have this big blue line that just cuts through and it's like the state line. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. I'm a, I'm a geography buff. So I thought it was pretty cool just being on a state line, uh, went out there and then, you know, hang, hung out in that cabin. It was awesome. Like. Like I said, three stories on it out in the woods in the middle of nowhere. It was pretty cool. Um, nice little city. Savannah was a little bit different, a little bit better, actually. Um, it was a great soul food restaurant. It was like called uh, Sisters of the New South. Went out there. Uh, it was pretty cool. And I think Savannah's uh, a little bit, you know, Savannah's a nice town. Like, it, it looks like, you know, there's a lot of uh, historical stuff to look at um we saw all the the places where they were at in forrest gump and all that it was uh you know <laughs> i'm a huge forrest gump uh, fan so i thought that was pretty cool but um something else i did but overall uh, before i get that overall it was a nice trip uh drove with Catherine. it was it was much needed, I would say, not only for, for me just, you know, taking a break from the show. We're doing this every week and everything, but it was great for me and Catherine and, you know, ended up driving all over the state and everything like that. So uh had had a lot of fun driving on the highway. Nothing crazy, no, no real bad traffic. But um, I guess the other thing I should probably talk about, um, I guess since it's in the can now. Um, so I joined the Swerve City podcast last Thursday night with Montezzi and Swerve, and we interviewed Kenny Omega. 
So uh, I let the cat out the bag a few weeks ago to people that were on the live stream. Uh, guys aren't want to aren't going to want to miss this interview. Spent about two hours with them. Super cool guys. Walked in, shook his hand, said what up, and you know we chopped it up pretty much about you know a lot of the stuff that I you know wanted to really know. I didn't ask about uh, the CM Punk shit. Um, yeah, quite quite I'm frankly, happy. because like time and personally. Place. Yeah, I don't like like I don't feel like that's my interview to have. Essentially, yeah. if he wants to say that shit, he can put it in the book. He can put it wherever. So, uh, but besides that, I thought you know I pretty much asked almost every question I wanted to. Um, it was a great experience, and I was like, it you know meeting your favorite favorite wrestler of all time and kicking it with him for like two hours. That was like. I don't know how I ended up there, but big shout out to Swerve uh, for facilitating that. Um, and, you know, it, it's a really cool, cool thing. There's some there's some nerdy questions in there. There's some stuff like, you know, uh, stuff that I don't have really any clue about. They started talking about Marvel at one point. So I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't I don't really got nothing here for you, Chief. But, um, yeah, I think if you are a, um, a big fan of Kenny Omega's, you're probably going to enjoy the interview a lot. Um, and, you know, he gave some really thoughtful answers uh, about I asked him about uh, Joshi. He talked about uh, Cody Rose. He talked about, um, you know, just, you know, being in AEW, the differences between New Japan, and AEW and uh, a lot of, you know, just recapping uh, stuff for his career. And um, it was really like kind of a casual, uh, like kind of smoothed out like interview and, you know, obviously the pressure was on because, you know, he usually does great interviews with Dave. Yeah. Um, so yeah. this is a little different, but um, I, I say it, it's going to stand up just as strong because we got him on video and all that. And there, there there's some stuff that's going to be clipped all up. Like I'm, I'm anticipating the news sites getting all over this. So mm-hmm. um, that was like a, a real highlight as far as like ever doing podcasts and stuff like that. I would have never imagined something like that. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong. This is your. This is at least your second time meeting them, right? Yeah. Like I met him at a meet and greet a couple years ago. Yeah. But that's why we have are... the. Uh, that's why we have the, the the drop at the beginning of the yep. show. Yeah. 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 Um, and I, I, had, I don't know why they think that up to assets. So I was like, we need to get Swerve on a drop or something. We well, can probably make that happen. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was because yeah, you even you talked about like off air about like you thinking of you know making new in, new I'm interest music uh, new intro music whatever else like you just you know update some stuff add some stuff that sort of thing as as time goes on um yeah so yeah uh you know the, the omega thing i'm glad that happened i'm glad that you know um you got to a lot of stuff that uh that you that you thought was like really cool because it's like it's one thing when it's like it's Meltzer and he just wants to get to like give the general questions out and omega's a very good thoughtful interview but like it's nothing when it's like it's a fan that knows a lot of shit already. They already it, it kind of wants to see if like there's more. So you give it like some real in depth stuff, and you it seems like you got some goals. So that's cool. It's really cool. Yeah, it was um like you know I I, I was really like uh, just trying to you know show that like I was there for a reason. So <laughs> um, I, I felt like I got to got got to really kind of you know I I feel like he got to know that oh this person really understands my career. So, okay. uh, it, I, I, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff. So do not miss that. We're also going to be, um, you know, I worked it out to where we're going to be able to publish that interview on the one nation radio feed. Uh, okay. I'm going to put it out a week after the video comes out just to kind of pay, 
you know, make sure it gets its proper run. And then mm-hmm. after that, uh, if you guys happen to want to take it with you, we'll have it on the One Nation radio feed. So uh, if you guys are hearing this on the Social Suplex feed, that'll be incentive to come over uh, and download it, you know, on uh, on our feed. Okay. Okay. So um, I blanked out what I was going to say to you. Uh, let's just, uh, let's just move on, uh, from that to, uh, oh yeah, I know. What is the date of the release for, for, for Swerve, uh, podcast? Uh, I don't know the date yet, but they had mentioned something about a Monday, possibly like next week's Monday. So okay. we'll, we'll see how that, how that's going to go. Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm sure some snippets will come out and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, you check Kenny Omega's IG and I'm on there. That's, that's pretty funny, uh, to me, but, <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, and like I said, uh, you know, Swerve and, and TZ, uh, you know, they were so kind to to let let me come in and pretty much just be a big fan. So, um, you know, it, it was awesome. Yeah, can't can't say enough. I'm probably gonna write a column about it once I see the footage. Okay, yeah, but Seamus Nova is out of control. He's out of control. I'm not going. I'm not going. We're not going to acknowledge that on here. But you're out of control. <laughs> Swerve had a great week. Let's just say that. All right, so uh, now that we mentioned that, I think the next thing is to get to uh, the NBA stuff, right? Or actually, the world of sports before we get to sports entertainment, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Super Bowl. You want to go Super Bowl first, or you want to? Yeah, yeah. Let's go Super Bowl first. So, Richard Derek Lada the second has lifted his uh, little bit curse on the NFL. He he actually watched the Super Bowl. This would be your first game, Super Bowl, or uh, NFL game in how many years now? Uh, at least five. Four or five? Like the, la- yeah. the last one I remember is Falcons-Patriots 28-3. So that was, uh, that, was two, that was that was December 2017, yeah. Yeah. Not December yeah. 2017, January, February two, uh, 2017. So, yeah, it's been it's been five years. Um, so, yeah. I, you know, uh, you wrote out, I don't know if you posted it on Twitter, but, like, on Facebook you posted it, uh, and I don't know where, where else you posted it, like, your explanation for why you wanted to um, – um watch again uh do you feel like sharing that here or yeah yeah i i I basically basically like summed it up to where like you know i felt like i was kind of done like as far as like um you know how how long i wanted to carry it um Mm -hmm. and it's not a situation to where like you know i i always kind of wanted to prove like yo i don't like the nfl is not entitled to you know, my viewership or, uh, whatever comes, you know, from it. Like I'm not, I'm strong enough to like survive in life without the NFL. It doesn't, it doesn't move me like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, seeing, seeing what I felt like was an injustice and was wrong and everything like that, but I didn't want to keep going for the sake of my pride on it essentially. And if I didn't feel as passionate about it, uh, anymore, I just, you know, wanted to wanted to make decision the decision to actually like support. Like I saw two black quarterbacks playing in the Super Bowl. I was like, man, um, yeah, I really want to check it out. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I, I'm going to check out Mahomes. Um, I'm yeah, yeah, never seen Mahomes. Hurts. Yeah, yep. that's true. You never seen Mahomes before. I mean, you've yep. seen like me sending clips saying, "Bro, you got to see the shit this dude di- did." And I send him one of those like about every month during the season, or every two weeks of the <laughs> season. But uh, yeah. yeah. But I, I I held solid on it from you know like you mentioned 2017 till now and you know I wrote like two 
uh, songs about it, like pretty much two letters to Kaepernick. Like I said, if, um, you know, if I wrote a third one, I'm sure he would understand. Um, but you know, the, the game moves forward eventually like on this. And, um, I, I thought, you know, I, I set out to kind of, or I feel like I completed what I set out to do. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't, you know, I, I don't know how one man being me was going to get Colin Kaepernick single-handedly back in the NFL. I, I don't think right. I was that unrealistic, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it, it was a, you know, it was a principal thing. Yeah. And I think ultimately like Kaepernick proved his point cause he got a settlement and, and two, like, even if there were no thing where we believed him to be blackballed, like, where is he? Given his age <laughs> and the number, and how long he's been out of the game, it's not. It's not really feasible to think that he would ever come back. So it's like, so I, so I get it, I get it. Um, uh, you know, and you know, even while you have stopped, yes, I watched it over five years. Like my my like. Like in my or way, it was so time consuming on on like my week to, on my you know weekly basis for for watching NFL football has dwindled, uh, especially like once the pandemic happened. In like they were just sending guys out there like with COVID and like you hearing all the stuff about like you know myocarditis as as you know some of the issues and it's like you know, especially in college, I was just like, I can't believe they're sending these kids out here to do this. I can't believe they're sending yeah. people out here to do this and keep potentially drop and, di- drop and die from this stuff, right? And, um, so, like, it, it has definitely, uh, taken effect on my, uh, how, how much football I, I have watched over the last, uh, three years. Like, um, I'll watch Florida State play. Like, college, I'll pretty much watch them as college as I was before. Uh, but, like, NFL, like, I'm watching my Vikings and, like, I'll watch playoff games at this point. There's really nothing else. Like maybe if there's some like Mahomes game that interests me, like on Sunday football, I might check it out. Maybe, but it's really mostly just, I'm watching my Vikings. I'm watching my own team play. I don't, I'm not like flipping through or have like two screens on, you know, or on red zone, you know, injecting that hair on into my veins. Like I used to. So (laughs) like, it's, um, and I got to say like, when you're not, when you're not like, you know, fucking off a whole, one to like seven twenty, and then you get from like eight twenty to like twelve. Once you're not fucking off a whole day of your week to to football, and you do it for a while, you're like, "Oh, this kind of nice, man." Like I can kind of go to play place X, Y, and Z on a Sunday. Ain't nobody there, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I can go to a grocery store after like three o'clock, and like ain't nobody there. I gotta wait in line for shit. Like it's, uh, I can go to, you know, Home Depot or Lowe's, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's, it's like, yo, this, we, we, you know this, but like once you experience it, like every, Especially like traffic, traffic, like NFL has traffic on, on just killed on Sundays. And you don't even, you never really realize because you're a part of the person that's part of the thing, like you're home or you're with your friends watching. But if you're not doing that, you're kind of like, yo, this is almost like a, is it a, is it a ghost town? People like the people evacuate. Is was there like a zombie apocalypse like, I was unaware of? It's, it's interesting. Like you, you feel like this sense of freedom, and I kind of got that yeah. when I stopped playing fantasy too. It was like, damn, I'm just not like stressed out like about like my fantasy team <laughs> all the time. Like, 
Like it was it was it was freeing like to to not have to watch it. And you know, I mentioned I was like, I don't think I'll ever like be like how I was, uh, you know, watching the NFL. Like I don't think that'll ever happen right. again. And I could easily like not watch going forward. I just you know felt like officially I was like, yo, I don't think I need to continue this because like at, at that point it was like diminishing returns. Yeah. Um, so moving, uh, moving on to the game, um, uh, Super Bowl 57, the Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts as their, uh, starting quarterback and Pat Mahomes, uh, and his Kansas City Chiefs. Shout out uh, to Floyd. Yeah. Shout out to Floyd. Uh, two time, two Super Bowls in five years. He had never seen one before because the Chiefs have, you know, such a weird history um, of like making a lot of teams that like in my lifetime have been fun as hell. And I've even rooted for at times or whatever else. Like the priest homes, like will Sh- like, uh, like, um, will shields, Willie Rofe, Tony Gonzalez, Trent green teams, like I, Dante hall. Like I was a fan of those teams. Uh, then, you know, they never got over the hump and like, now Adam Geary says his chiefs as well. Shout out to Adam. In the okay. Comments. Shout out to you too. And, um, <laughs> and also like, now, like seeing them and like this Mahomes thing, and like they're on the now, you know, two titles in five years. Um, they're on the you know, five conference titles games, three Super Bowls. Like, they're just like if they get you know, they could possibly nudge us in the dynasty territory. The, the level of success they, they've been had uh, these this half decade, and it's really impressive. And I thought like this game was great, like. High level execution on offense, high level quarterback play. Um, you really only have like small moments um, where like quarterback play was bad and it was kind of like the goofy thing, the goofy fumble with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Um, really, but outside of that, like these quarterbacks were, were on their job. And um, I thought that like both offenses uh, for most of the night were ahead of the defense. And um, I thought in the second half that like, I, I don't know when I messaged y'all about it, um, but, like, I want to say somewhere in the middle of the uh, third quarter, I was just like, yo, like, the Chiefs game plan, whoever's putting it together in collaboration with, like, Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid, like, they're just, they know what they're getting on every play and they're exploiting them at every opportunity. And, like, they just can't stop them. And, like, it's not even like a, it, ter- it comes down to will the Chiefs just fuck up? Like, will they, like, not be able to execute and that cost them? It's not, like, they're just feelings like they're just strategically ahead of them in the chess game. Um, and or, also, you know, you talk about the chess game, you know, it's, that's kind of a long way to say, you know, that the script, you know, uh, for, oh for you know, was, was written for the Chiefs, you know. <sighs> are we really going to are we gonna go over that whole the Marshall script. sports thing? Are we just going to let the joke run and move on? You know, the script was scripting, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like I I, I don't strangely like I don't feel like I um, saw like the best of Pat Mahomes, but it was just almost this like um, the Eagles were so efficient. They kept them off the field a lot. Right. It wasn't even even like they were trying to play keep away. It was just like they just kept being able to convert third, you know, third and short, fourth and short and just kept on the field like. I think there were only three possessions in the entire third quarter, and that quarter went by so quick. It reminded me like when the Giants would keep the Patriots off the field. Like, yeah, that that's first what, half that's, of that Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, I saw it, and I was like, man, this is like, you know, it, this is kind of like a dream game to return to watching. I was like, yo, like, 
you know, I'm trying to see some 49, 48 ball personally, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, RL pro football, but, RL uh, pro football. you know, um, but uh, yeah, 38, 35. And, you know, I was seeing Mahomes. I was like, yo, he's hurt. And then uh, I was, you know, 24 to they, I, I think they go down 24 to 14. I was yeah, like, yo, he's, time, yeah. I was like, he's not going to miss a snap. Like he, he's coming back out there. They're about to put some in his ankle that ain't that, that we don't know where it came from. <laughs> and, um, you know, I felt like he, they were coming back the whole time. Like I was like, oh, they're, they're going to figure this out. Like it was a matter of time. You can't keep them all the field forever. And as soon as they, they came out and they scored that first drive, I was like, okay. The, the mm-hmm. momentum is turning here. Um, the, the Eagles came out. They looked pretty good. Jalen Hurts impressed me a lot. Uh, and, you know, I don't I didn't necessarily know how good he was. I remember him from college. but Right. Um, and, that's, and, and I'm still holding that against him. I'm, I'm, just, I'm still waiting because, you know, like. Like how fast is he compared to like Vic? How fast is he? Yeah, I couldn't really tell. Cause he's I was, I not, a, he's not that kind point. of burner. The thing with him is just that he he is fast, and the thing with him is he's the, he's the quarterback that that can lift like a running back. Oh, like okay. he's a, like he's like the guy that's like his brother was a weightlifting was a powerlifting champ in high school, a state a state champ in high school, and then like he was he was a little brother, so he was sitting. You know how it is with the little brothers in these sports where they go out there and they get like the same similar training, and if strong, yep. you know, like Blake Griffin for example, or Serena Williams, where it's like or or Peyton. Not, or uh, Eli is like they were around somebody that was at a high level and they were younger and then they just got were able to age into Lamello. it. And they had a faster track, right? And just like yo, what like him him squatting you know five hundred six hundred pounds and all that kind of stuff. Like the fourth and ones are just like those are just that is that the new cheat code for like you know like like well they all, they always go for it on fourth and one now. right. And they always just do that little dive, like yeah. They just go, like. sub, they both submarine, and he just he just mushes forward, and people behind him push if he can't get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's 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 basically like it's basically like having Cam Noon back there, or having like Tom Brady with the the weird lucky streak he has of, of sneaking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's automatic. Yeah, but um, like like Mahomes, like like he had less than two hundred yards passing, but it was just like he, he was throwing these lasers, and then he was throwing these sidearm passes, and yep. then you know scrambling at the right time, and just. It felt like he was this ultimate control of the game. Like it seemed like, as hurt as he was and as much pressure as he was facing, he wasn't bothered at all. Like that's what it felt like to me. It was like, oh, this nigga's this nigga's playing the game. Like you know, they say the game is slowed down for somebody. Yeah, the game is slowed down for <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest with you, you look at how um his game was his first three years. And like it was just so explosive because he also had Tyreek Hill at the time, mm-hmm. um, and Sammy Watkins. Watkins, so like they had this, you know, fast one of the fast guys in the league, maybe the fast guy in the league at the time, just a game breaker that he was just having, you know, stretching the field vertically and horizontally with, on like you know crossing routes and all that kind of stuff uh, to go with along with Kelsey and a big body like Sammy Watkins, and then like they got they traded um, Tyreek Hill, which a lot of people were concerned about, um, especially because like the first like month of last season is like the only time in Mahomes' career where he, he didn't it like he doesn't look like himself where like it's just automatic and like it's really easy he used to turn the ball over and like teams started playing a lot of like cover four on him sitting like mm-hmm. four deep you know four deep and he had to like learn how to like pick his spots and actually instead of just being able to you know 
make it look easy, he had to actually have some patience and not try to force the issue. Because like, the thing with him, what it reminds me of, he reminds me of a lot of quarterbacks, but like most specifically is, he's like, imagine if like John Elway, imagine Aaron Rodgers was in John Elway's body and like was like not risk averse in the way that like you would see Aaron Rodgers be risk averse like when he would play like the uh, the Seahawks th- cover three defense. Like he just like, he's not even going to look to that right side of, of the field next to Richard Sherman. He's like, I'm not even going to that third over there. I'm just going to focus on mm-hmm. these two thirds I have. Or like when you play like the Niners and he just like, he's not trying to push the ball on the field because he's not even going to try anything. Like Patrick Mahomes is like, not like that. And so like that first month of last season, it was kind of weird because he was turning the ball over. He was kind of forcing things. It wasn't as easy. And then like, Came back this year. Yeah, figured him out. Yeah, and like rest of, right, people were doing that nonsense. And I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. And then the next and then, and then he goes back to kind of being what you've seen for him, you know, his first two years, and you're like, all right, this is over with. Like we're done with the is it a hand chance that there's somebody that, that he's not as good as he's been? And uh, you know, and then like he's grown from that. Like he's learned how to, you know, be more of a more of a scalpel as opposed to just you know at that point like he was the goddamn Yoshi hammer right like from the for Smash Brothers where he's just like mm-hmm. he could do anything and he's almost it's almost unfair now it's like all right you, teams now are just like we're really gonna hope to like keep him contained and not be so explosive as far as pushing the ball down the field and we hope that like we can get him into the red zone and then like get him to kick field goals. That's kind of like the strategy. It's, it's, it's like they, like they want him to just kill them with paper cuts, and now he's like, "All right, I'll slice you the fuck up now." And it's um, and like to see that transformation over the span of just one year, um, it's been really impressive with him. And like to see it like on this bad ankle that's been in in three playoff games now is super impressive. Um, and like I've had a high ankle sprain before. I gotta tell you that shit sucks because it, it's like. It, your ankle doesn't swell, but it's extremely painful. And like, you know, my situation, like they put like a uh, a thing in my 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 cleat, like a mm-hmm. like a soft pad, like elevated pad to take to take absorb the 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 uh, the pain or the, the the force of it. But like with him, it's obviously like he's a skill position guy. He's, he's you know he has to run around and do all that kind of stuff. And it's like there's been times during these games where like at the end of the half, for example, where he ends up getting rolled up on he. He looks like he's finna die on the sidelines. He comes back out, and then, lo and behold, like, it seems like he's contained. He climbs the pocket, and he's like, well, fuck it. I'll just get on my feet and gets 30 yards and breaks their soul. It steals their souls from them. And, you know, it was just really impressive and, like, hurts for all the stuff I've seen when, like, he got benched for two in that national title game. And because he couldn't get it done. He just could not. He was not a developed enough passer at the time. And the way they have used what he's good at and focused on that and the way he has grown as a quarterback, like, I don't think there's ever been a time in the league where so many quarterbacks, ha- like, get drafted and they have tools. And then, like, these quarter, and then, like, the teams around them are actually, like, using these tools to their advantages and actually, like, letting these quarterbacks be able to, like, expand upon that as they get time in the league, which is, like, they, were, they weren't doing that before. It was always, you know, square, you know, Round, round, or sorry, a square peg, round hole, and it was, and it took you know years of people like like Cam Newton or um, Vic even or all these other people, Alex Smith for another example, and then now it's like, you know, there's so many guys that come out of like Lamar, you know, Lamar Jackson and Mahomes and uh, Josh Josh Allen, who's you know basically he plays like he's fucking Cam Newton except he doesn't realize he's Cam Newton um, at times as far as the streakiness and. Um, 
it's just interesting to see like where this league is going as far as saying like, look, man, we can't just rely on guys just staying in the pocket and like we got to use this kind of similar to the college game. We're like these people need to use their feet to get yards. Speed was always the answer because right. like. Like, I remember this was a conversation we had like a long ass time ago where it was like, yo, as these defenses keep getting better, what is the thing that you need to, to beat them? Because obviously they're just going to keep getting bigger, stronger and faster. And right. offenses are going to either stay the same and die like it may be, you know, pocket, you know, guys and come out here and, and you know, they have no ways to uh to find windows or anything or they got to get their ass out there and move and, and right. reset the uh you know the tables yep and make defenses more honest by like using the 11th man in the run game which is always a thing when it comes to run plays like you hand the ball to running back the quarter is it's 11 on it's a, it's a 10 on 11 the quarterback's not in it but once you put it in there's 11 on 11 now what now let's see what the free safety has you know yeah. and the way they use these quarterbacks now a lot of them like, even, you know, uh, the Niners, like, the way they use, you know, all the option stuff to read on people and art and all the RPO stuff, like, the way that, like, it's really hard to defend. It really is. Um, and obviously, that's what the league wants. But it's also, like, it reminds me a lot of, um, you know, with Shanahan, with Kyle Shanahan's, uh, like, you know, version of offense with Andy Reid, who always was doing, like, weird, nasty shit. But now he's, like, jet sweep to the right. Kelsey's on the left. We're on a fake hey. jet sweep, and then right behind they have you know Kelsey come behind on a on a shovel pass because everybody's basically coming out facing or you know reacting to the sho- to the uh, jet sweep. Like it's it's really nasty. It's really I, I nasty what question. they can do. And also, yeah, okay. Uh, and then also like um you know what you have with um uh in L.A. with uh, I've got I've got his name head coach of the uh, I've blanked on his name already. But um anyway like they're to give you so many looks to keep your head, to keep you know people's heads spinning or whatever else, keep them from having to be from linebackers and uh, you know defensive linemen being able to just to trigger and just and have them slow up just a little bit and that little bit of, like just opens up a crease in the run game and everything like these like it's really fun to watch NFL football and as opposed to just like drop back pass incomplete drop back five yard out drop back slant drop it's a lot more fun to see the run game implemented because like that's a, like the most fun thing for me watching NFL game is like. Somebody breaking through the, getting into the second layer of the defense and the, the, oh my God, I don't see where the safeties are right now. And the same thing, could they break it? Like, and to see what the game had been become where it's just so drop back, drop back. I, I think this is more enjoyable to watch now. Yep. Script was scripting for, for sure. Um, Official ACW. I think that is Keem. Keem was good, man. If that's you, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, did the 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 uh, defense know they were they was allowed to guard Travis Kelsey? Every time I saw him getting the ball, there was just nobody within ten feet of him. <laughs> that's that's often the case with him. He's never he's never really covered because, and a lot of the stuff like you know you play that deep cover, you play that deep cover four against the, the uh, I'm gonna say the Saints, the Chiefs, like. He's gonna find pockets underneath all that stuff, you know. Sure. Like, you know, the you know, like like Gronk or any or or any good tight end, any good slot receiver, they're gonna find pockets in the zone or in or up the seam or somewhere to exploit. And you know, with the play action stuff, with all of the you know all the eye candy they show defenses over the course of a game, and even like some of the double move stuff they give, where it's like, okay, let's go to a drag and do a drag a, a drag and come back 
well, it's like a like a large a long seven. Like it's nasty the stuff he can do. Um, and some of the innovative stuff they use on offense with him. And um, like I think his his touchdown though was like that's that's a, that's not something that's not really in that's not something that's on, on that's foreign to a lot of playbooks. Like that's a that's a thing. But like the thing that makes it impressive for him is that like he's a tight end doing it, and he was like the dude. You know, he's in line, and like they send an outside receiver on a, a deep post to take the safety. The, the high single high safety and then he you know the person that's guarding him is like okay i got it you know given the situation we are on the field like i, I have to jump on this out and like it's out and up and he's just you know meanly sees it reads it wide open touchdown like he's special he's a hall of famer he's not gronk but he's a hall of famer and uh, um it's it, it's really funniest, impressive the funniest thing i saw last night i swear that was like a fucking nintendo play it was the one like in the towards the end of the game it was like it was one wide receiver on the right. He faked like he was cutting inside and then just ran back to the to the left and he was by himself. Yep. Um and I was like, bro, this is this is a Nintendo move. Like, right. like they they're playing around with it. Right. So um in that position in that position, like and that was the second time they scored on a concept on a similar concept. Like the the first one they scored on was when um a receiver basically came in motion and then like basically stacked behind uh Kelsey and the right, the like, their the two DBs had no idea how they were going to handle passing them off, because at that, you know, in that position, like, you can't run zone on goal line; you have to run man because like you just any any Travis Kelsey is, is basically like f- figures out where the hole is and just turns around and just right. So, yeah. um, like, talk about the hold now. Well, in a, yeah, in a second, but like. <laughs> <laughs> Kelsey just commanded so much attention that like they were trying to figure out like all right well we just figure both of them are breaking in and he just basically cuts underneath and comes right back out and there's nobody in the flat and Kelsey kind of with his gravity almost basically like he, he doesn't block both of them but like they're so concerned with him that he may as well have been blocking them and he just skates in zone like and then on the other end like uh that the touchdown you're talking about like they're so afraid of the jet sweep coming around from left to right then Mahomes handed to him they like. It's all man, so that dude has to run. His man has to run across the formation with him in case the jet sweep, and he has to meet him on the other end. But it's just he stops, turns around, and you know he's he's over, he's basically uh, over angle or over uh, pursued it that way. And now like now he's at disadvantage going back this way, and he's gone. And it just it was just really impressive to see how how far ahead of uh, they were on like goal line situations. It's just like just I just got it, just got it, and like there was nothing they could do. Um, really impressive. Now, uh, you were wanting to talk about defensive holding. Yeah, yeah. So, um, there are a lot. We were friends with some Eagles fans. They were not That's upset, true. or they were not happy uh, last night at the end. Uh, there are a lot of people that were bringing up uh, the call at the end. Um, I believe it was uh, third and seven. Yeah, something like that. And you it was know, third and seven. But but he held him and yep. then broke free. And Patrick Mahomes was like. You know, right. and it was kind of like that LeBron, like with the ref, like it was. <laughs> that's what I was like. I'm surprised nobody clipped that. Um, you know, he, he was telling, but um, yeah, they, he was they called. Telling. You know, they they call they call holding on it, and um, you know, I, I saw it. I was like, yeah, that's a hold, right? Um, I think people were. Or I was like, if, if this happened in the second order, no, second quarter, nobody would blink twice, right? But games on the line and i guess people feel like they should swallow the, the whistles but i'm like why should they do that like right <laughs> um so 
Yes, yes, and as Adam said, the guy came out and admitted that he held right. him. Right. So for me, on that, in my perspective, on it was from I, I'm looking at from like if you're a, per, a person that has a, a rooty interest in the Eagles, you see the ball get overthrown over. Um, because that was to uh, that was the Juju Smith. Uh, that was the Juju uh, Sh- uh, Schuster Smith, right? So like the ball gets overthrown. So like there's a flag, and like people immediately thought thought is like, well, it was you just call pass interference on a ball that's uncatchable. What the fuck? And I'm like. Mm-hmm. Nah, that was clear. Like if that, like in those situations where that happens, it's the quarterback throwing the ball in an uncatchable area to uh, to make the the uh, to force the flag being thrown um, on the part where it's incomplete ball. Like by giving attention to like it's going to show on replay that this ball is inaccurate, and they're and they're and like the replay booth is going to show to the world fifty or millions and millions of people that like somebody got held. So he caught the flag is pulled. I'm like, okay, that's defensive holding. Like because. Why was the ball that overthrown? And then um, they showed a replay. In the first replay, you don't get a good look at it. So, like, people are then very mad, right? And I, and then, like, they, then they showed the second replay, and it's like, oh, he clearly just hugged him. What, what do we, there's nothing to discuss anymore. Um, but people were mad about it. And for me, it's just like, nah, you can't do that, man. Like, especially because it's like, I understand, this, I understand his line of thinking is, if he scores, we give it up, we're done. But, the hold was worse than if he had gave up the touchdown. Right. And because if up. he had just scored, if he had just scored. You got the ball back. They get the ball back with a minute and uh, 30-something with a timeout in their pocket. In this, it, so but that ended, uh, that effectively ended the game because, like, I'm, I'm, I'm watching. I'm literally, I'm literally doing the math. I'm like, okay, so they're going to want to play. They're going to try to let him score. He Hopefully he's smart enough to duck, you know, similar to the, the second Patriots and Giants game where he like run, get close, fall down, and uh uh uh, uh Jared McKinnon does that, and then there's gonna kneel on it and try to waste time before Mahomes out between snap and kneel down, take you know four seconds off the four off the forty between plays, and then they're gonna get a field goal. That's another four seconds, and then I'm doing math like okay, they should squib it, you kick it in the field, uh, kick it into the field. No, t- don't put them on it, the t- give them a touchback. Waste some more time. And like, yeah, I'm thinking like they're gonna have less than eight seconds. And they ended up with like six seconds. I did all my I did all that I did all in my head that quick. And I was like, oh, this is over. Like this mm-hmm. is officially over. And um I was like, that was, you know. I, and I don't see people complaining about like the call because the call um was, was bad. Wrong. I see people say, like, you don't call it at that time. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You it, I I, I, I I hate that kind of refereeing. I hate that kind of refereeing. Like if you're, it, like if you're going to establish a baseline, stick with the baseline. He grabbed, and the thing is, like if people don't like that one about, it, like they felt like it was weak. It's like it's cool because like he grabbed him on one hip and then he grabbed him on the other. It was two holes in one. People are only focused on the last one, but like he held him twice. So like, what is there to complain about? Like, don't don't do it. And then the dude admitted it was like, so now what are people going to play about? Y- y'all just won the Eagles to win because that was what you put money on or whatever else. I don't, I, don't, I don't have a dog in this race. I don't care. Yeah, like I, I was like, all right. <laughs> but yeah. um, there was a halftime show. Um, yes, there was. Dur- during that. Um, and, what were your yo, thoughts man. on the halftime show? It didn't seem, it's like, listen to y'all, like it didn't seem too positive. So go ahead. I Look, I wasn't. 
All right, let, 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 I, I'm gonna just keep it keep it funky. Y'all come to One Nation Radio to hear hear the truth and how how we feel about some of this stuff. And um, you know, I thought it was mid, bro. Um, so what was your problem with it? The it fact that like she's no- not the fact that she's not gonna dance, or you didn't like the songs? It was like nothing was happening. Like it was just like. All right, she's just singing there, and I will say this about Rihanna: she's come a long way as a vocalist. I feel like, um, and it sounded great; it sounded amazing. And then, um, yeah, Bill's Mafia brings it up. She looked like she had no energy. We did find out there may have been a very good reason. Uh, right, she had right. No energy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was kind of just. Like you know, it, it was low energy to 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 as Bill Mafia was saying, and it was like I, I just didn't think she was doing all that much. I thought there was a cool camera shot when she wrote when she was on that stage, the floating yeah, stage, yeah, yeah. and elevated yeah. up in the air. But mm-hmm. I was like, okay, she just she did like a, a Rihanna medley of like you know, like a dozen songs. Yeah, like a, like a dozen songs, and I was like, all right, but like it wasn't like a performance like it wasn't like she was going crazy or anything like that it was just like oh she she just she just rolled a seven out there like you know so a seven out of ten just like yep i showed up i'm not making any money off of this however um i am getting this, this huge here audience so uh you know i'll put this stamp on it but no, I think I got to see like Rihanna like empty the gun and do no. the best she could. No, no, I don't. No. I don't think we got no. that at all. Like, if um, you want to see, we, it, you don't have to lie about this. Like, I that's like I think people uh, have you know they were so determined to crown it for whatever other reason. Um, it was just like, vi- like visually and viscerally, I just wasn't that impressed. Yeah, because I mean, one, she's not a she's not a great dancer, right? And there's no knock against her, but like she's not a great dancer. And I was watching with someone that just like insistently kept trying oh, to. Oh, re- the West. The, the, yes, the the G Funk uh, Super Bowl was way better than this. Yeah, yeah, they moved to different places and did have. I mean, and they had different. It, yeah, yeah, they, they did. They they put more thought into it than what Rihanna had in mind. Rihanna was kind of that was kind of a that was a very minimal approach that she gave. Um, yeah. and like. I, I have to rewatch it again, but um, I was watching with someone that just like kept repeating like every forty five fucking seconds. They're like, "She looks pregnant. She looks pregnant." I'm like, yeah. "Okay, what else? How many more times are you going to say that she looks pregnant? <laughs> I, she may be. She may not be. I don't care. I'm trying to watch this. You keep saying this. You're pulling me out of me trying to watch this. But anyway, so, um. If you want to see a, a great Rihanna performance, I would say pull up uh, the VMAs when she won the Vanguard Award. That was great. Yeah. Um, when she when like she was like it was almost like she was in a in a, like a dance hall like and they kept showing different get, like that was like that was, was Rihanna ready. versus Beyonce that night. That was a yeah that was a huge that was like a, that was great and I was like I was judging I was judging her performance because that and from that is like. You're right. I this absolutely did not hold up to that. Like your Super Bowl halftime performance should not be better. Should not be far inferior to your MTV Video Music Awards performance. But whatever. But I, I do cut her some slack because like she couldn't really like she couldn't do like the wardrobe change stuff because of her situation. Apparently, like what seemed obvious as you're watching it, and it seemed like she wanted to do it. 
like it's almost like she ended up pregnant again, and now they're looking around like, what are we, what the fuck are we gonna do? Because she can't really do much stuff now, and it's like, all right, let's let's put dozens of people around her, and they'll do all the dancing around her. But it's like we're here to see her. We're we were here to see finessed. Her. We were finessed. We're here to see her. Um, it's unfortunate we end up in that part of the uh, the schedule or whatever else. But I mean, whatever. I just think that um, there should have been some discussion with her as far as. All right, you're going to do this much. You have you have a million records with a million different people. Maybe fly some people in to do X, Y, Z. And like even with you know people over the years, like you'll have um, you know they had Maroon Five one year. They brought out um, Big Boy from Outkast. They had Katy Perry. They brought out Missy Elliott. The West Coast medley was Dr. Dre and Snoop and Fifty and uh, Mary J. Blige and Eminem, like. Sometimes you need help. <coughs> I, you know, I'm. I, I was like, Coldplay man, had he, Beyonce and um, Bruno Mars. Yep. Yep. Um, and I was, you know, thinking about. It, I was like, man, I was watching her sing like all the lights, and then watching her sing, uh, you know, work. Like I was like, man, it, it's great that it, that that or. It's unfortunate Drake couldn't finesse himself into an appearance, and it's even better that Kanye got to sit and watch his song getting performed uh, while he can't show up. So um, I, I think he might want some of that back. But uh, you know, overall, I think I think we were kind of finessed, and you know, she she showed up wearing this. Well, I don't know what what the hell she was wearing, but um, you know, a red suit. Yeah, yeah, it was, a red jumpsuit. No, why didn't she wear the big red boots with it? She might as well have done You mean done those, it. Mis- those mischief boots that have been going around right now? I believe Seth Rollins wore those on Raw tonight. Okay. Because, of course, he did. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's let's keep it going. A uh, lot of trades. Yes, indeed. We got work, 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 uh, Bill's Mafia says. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Big trades in the NBA um, this week, all over yes. the league. This is like, the, I don't think I've ever seen a bigger trade deadline than this. I mean, when was the last time we had, I don't think we, in our lifetime, has a, has a player as historically significant as Kevin Durant in their prime still been traded trade deadline? I don't think so. I uh, Jason Kidd. But J- that's, Jason that's Kidd, Pau Gasol. Think of. In Jason 08? Kidd, Pau Gasol. Uh, Rasheed Wallace. Yep. 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 Um, trying to think of some others. Uh, and those are Ray, and those are like Ray Allen and Gary Payton. Um, traded for each other at a trade deadline. Okay. In two thousand three. Yeah. Um, besides, I I don't think anyone's on the Durant level though, like right. that we named. Yeah. Because people um, just stop trading superstars after a while. Yeah, and also it's like like we this. trade someone of his caliber. It has to be. It, it's always like a thing where it's like. We want him, we want this person, or this person needs to be moved in the summer. They show up somewhere, they do the, me- the media, um, first day of media for the new organization and take the pictures with the guy, whoever are the other stars on the team and all that kind of stuff. This is just like wild. And, you know, chain reaction basically started from um, Kyrie. Kyrie is on his best behavior, thinking that if he, if he, if he don't show his ass, that he's shown his ass to the Nets all these, all these different times. Uh, for these two months while Durant's out, that he's going to uh, uh, that they're at the end of the year they're going to give him a mass contract, and they 
Good. I got I got news for you, Kyrie. It didn't work, did it? Right. And it, it, it's also really it's also really telling is like he at, he puts in the push to ask for uh to work to get contract negotiations started like when he basically has to like play for two months without Durant. It's interesting. It's like oh, so when Durant has to play without you, it's all it's all good and great. But now that you actually actually have to you know get a get get a bit of that life, you don't like it. You want you know. Um, but yeah, man, um, they told him, sure, let's put in this contract and they put the simulation in it. Look, not, not everybody's mass contract is the same, right? Mm-hmm. Like in beads and, in uh, Zion's, I don't know if he signed his extension or not, but whatever. They like got it, all these injury provisions. Either way, it has a bunch of injury provisions in it. Kyrie's provision was. If we will give you everything you want, if we win the NBA title, he's like, "No, I shouldn't have to do that. I shouldn't have to have. I shouldn't have to. De- I should have to deal with that. No player of my caliber has to deal with that sort of thing." So, so he's like, "I want to be traded." And they were like, "Man, please, we'll trade you." And then, uh, Hollow. There's a lot of talk of you know the Lakers, tra- you know, because he, you know, there were talks of him wanting to be with the Lakers uh, during the summer, and um, there's some word we don't know whether or not where whether um. There are protection. Well, word is both of those the two thousand the twenty seven pick and the twenty nine pick of the Lakers first rounders were put on the table, but we haven't heard word back if there were protections on any either one of them. Mm-hmm. And then we heard that Josiah told him to, like let the word out is like we don't know for sure whether it was like we will trade him, but it will not be to Lakers, or it's like we prefer if all things are equal to not trade him to the Lakers. Um, Thank you, Josiah. I appreciate that. So he ends up going to Dallas for uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie is back in Brooklyn. And you, you, you think was, he's getting his he, money in crypto this time? I was going to ask you: is, Did he start the crypto stuff in Brooklyn, or did he start that in Dallas? I I feel like it was in. He Brooklyn. started in Brooklyn, right? Because they they let them do anything in Brooklyn. That's right. That's right. So he's back. Uh. And, you know, they end up getting uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. And I'm thinking myself, I was like, I think it was also another pick. <coughs> yeah. Um. So, I thought, you know, for something somebody that, like, you could have honestly have waived, had waived uh, earlier in the year, you got two quality NBA you got players. Something. Yeah. Right. You got two quality NBA players in a pick. Not bad. Um. Especially because you're, you're, you're selling them. You're selling him low because of, he's damaged goods to so many people are in the league. Um, so, as far as uh, the Mavs, you know they looked like they were a team that were going to, that made the Western Conference Finals last year, got smoked in it, and it was going to be similar to you know another draft counterpart like Trey Young when he was in the Eastern Conference fi- Finals, and they got and uh, they got smoked, and then the next year you, it almost feels like one of those fake. Uh, it's like, finalists. oh, you you went around like further than you were supposed to. Yeah, you're like you're a fake. It sets up fake bad expectations, and then makes people think like you're a failure on the back end. Was like, nah, you overachieved here because you were you were meant to be a semifinalist, and you got here, and now people are going to look at you different, and you're setting and you're setting yourself up for disaster. That's how this net. This how this Mavs team is looking now. I think I think their ceiling is is far higher, but. You're not going to get me to trust in a Kyrie Irving. Trust team Kyrie Irving, right? Never, right? Right. <laughs> so, um, that'll be fun to watch. 
Um, at least like whether they melt down or they even succeed, it'll be fun to watch because it's Kyrie well, and it's Luca. We, we, um, we sure gonna give some stories, right? Because I whatever don't, happens, right? Because I think Kyrie can play well with him, obviously, but yeah, he, I think I, they're gonna take some. I think it'll take some time to, to get used the to. Cavs. Like they're they're trying to remake the Cavs with this. Yeah, but uh, like Luca because of. The size comparisons, obviously the LeBron thing, whatever else, but like Luca, the way he the way he's up at the top, dribbling air at the ball, is more like Harden. A lot more mm. like Harden. Um so Uh oh. It'd be like the like, two, like let me phrase that. Two thousand eighteen Harden. Specific <laughs> yeah. specifically two thousand eighteen Harden. So um I wonder what Kyrie's gonna do. Cause even you know, even when they were in the, when Harden was on the Nets and it was those three, right? Like Hart or uh Kyrie figured out a way to like like okay, we're gonna make James Harden the point guard, and like I'll get the ball in a certain situation, I'll push the pace up the floor, see if we can you know probe early and do like he was doing certain other stuff that like I don't you know quite frankly, if he wasn't you know such a problem off the court, he'd get more credit for. But it is what it is. Um, like no pieces, no pieces fit well together when they played. I think though, I think this will offensively fit well together when they play. Um. I wonder if there's any, you know, struggles at the beginning, but we'll see. They they look good so far together. Way to quit, Kyrie. Way to, way to quit and you know, uh, end up getting traded there. What 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 a failure for for the Brooklyn Nets uh, and this Kyrie Durant. I was I, I wanted to save it for. Well, I guess we'll talk, I will save it after Durant. But all right, let's get to it now. Then let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Durant gets traded to the Phoenix Suns for Mikel Bridges. Four first round picks. And Cam and Johnson. Jay Crowder. And Jay Crowder. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, Jay Crowder just getting thrown in, thrown around the league. Yeah. Um. Jay Crowder. <laughs> did, now, Jay Crowder has not played for the Suns all year. He has basically held out because Cam Johnson was going to take a starter's role. Um, or he's going to take a lot of his start. He, like, he may not, he may have been a ceremonial starter and they were, try, they were probably going to try and close with Cam Johnson um, at times because Cam Johnson is, you know, such a higher. You know, great shooter can put the ball down and can bang on you out of nowhere on occasion, whatever else. Just he's offensively is just a just a, just lost. But um, yeah. So he's been sitting out the whole time, and um, you know, they the Nets tried to you know tried to build a team. That's the reason why they brought in Dorian Finney Smith, and then we they were trying to keep the team together and try to convince Durant to keep it going. But you know, as he said, like he he asked for a trade request during the off season. Uh, to the Suns um, as one of his teams. And then, um, you know, he basically had a meeting with Josai and uh, Marks and said, hey, um, I, not, not Marks, wrong name, but uh, their, their uh, GM or head of basketball operations said, hey, I want to revisit. I want out of here. Like, this team's not good enough to compete. I'm 34. Like, I want out. Um, I asked you to take... I gave I gave it on a shot. You saw me play. I was great when I played. I got hurt again, and then this shit has happened with me again, or with this my sidekick again. It's over. I went out. They acquiesced, and then uh, they held out until the trade deadline and said, "Hey, we want four picks. We want four picks." Like this, they got the same. They got everything they asked for during the off season or during the off season. Um, maybe not uh, the inclusion of Crowder, but. Crowder was getting rerouted to Milwaukee anyway. That was a throw-in. It didn't matter. Um, so, yeah, um, we had that team, and, like, Durant's there, and, um, like, 
it looked like the sun's window was just absolutely just closed shut. Like uh, during that, you know, during that, that embarrassment in the second round last year, and like it's been squeaked back open for at least one more year. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Kevin Durant, um, what a culmination of a couple years. Like talk about highs and lows. Talk Jesus about, Christ. Talk about like talk about best friends. How many of us? How many of us, like, <laughs> dude. Like, it, he, he left Steph Curry to go to hang out with Ky- his crazy friend Kyrie Irving. And this is how it worked out. Yeah. What? That's 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 as, as, as succinct as you can make it. Yeah. Like, in um, 25 years, I want someone to look Durant in the face and be like, what were you? <laughs> what were you thinking? Um, but uh, yeah, man. Obviously, huge failure. Uh, yep. won one playoff series. Uh, ended up swept last year. Uh, tumultuous insertions of Harden, gutting the team of like future All Stars like Jared Allen. Yep, and um, different stuff like that. And then landing Ben Simmons in the out. Yeah. Then the fallout of this, like you this trade away Jared me. Allen to get James Harden, and then like, and then like you're. Your team's weakness is front court depth. Is front court depth, and then like Jared Allen is like anchoring the best defense in the league. <laughs> I think the Nets are shame on them for letting all this happen to them, and shame on them for condoning it. Like I, it, it's funny because it's like, all right, I, I've made my my stance clear on these guys that that took advantage of this shit and tried to do all this shit uh, in, in Brooklyn and not liking how they handled that. I yeah, the book, the, as, like the, for those that don't know, if you read that, um, uh, what is it? What's it called? I have it on me. Matt O'Sullivan. I forgot what Matt it's O'Sullivan, called. Um, cannot the hustle? Was it cannot the hustle? It was something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, but like the over, Nets organization it, allowed all that shit. Like, and they were just like either desperate or or Joe Sy was like a new owner that was trying to like make an immediate splash, and it was just like. He, they hit a lick on him, and he was dumb enough to to allow all that shit to happen. Like, and when I'm talking about like the stuff that they allowed these guys to do, it was like just unprecedented. Like, please check that book out. Um, but looking forward, uh, obviously the, the the Nets. Let's you know, you know, uh, let's, let's let's put a pack. Let's put two packs up. No Shakur for uh, the Brooklyn Nets and Steve Nash. Um, <laughs> don't forget about him. Uh, oh, they fired him thing. earlier in the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Durant goes to the Suns and on paper, they look like they're probably the favorite. And you look at the West. Now the West has Kyrie, LeBron, Durant, Steph, Jokic, Doncic, like mm-hmm. the Clippers. It, this is so star studded in this it's conference fun. now. Like it's fun. Like remember, like when there there was like a short window where it was like, oh okay, the the West is kind of like coming down from that perch and yeah, East like is oh, like ramping back up. Basically, it, basically two thousand. Well, really, it's like two thousand. Let's say two thousand twenty through last year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like that. I think it's gone. Like all right, now it's just the Bucks and the Celtics, and then maybe Embiid. Just just decides to kick everyone's ass and then can't nobody do nothing but um and then I didn't even mention the Pelicans or the Grizzlies. Right. Like this Western Conference is like somewhere else right now. Um 
uh, as far as like the Suns, um, Durant gets hurt all the time at this point now. If Chris, Chris Paul, Paul gets hurt more often, always gets hurt. I don't know if this puts them over the top, but I feel like I feel better about their team today than I did yesterday. <laughs> I absolutely do. Um, so Chris Paul that started the season looked done. Like D-U-N done. Stick a fork in him. Like this should be the year he retired. A cone. Um, and then um, <laughs> at some oh, yeah. point coming back from injury recently, like he looks like he looked last year throughout mm-hmm. most season. So like th- he's circling the drain right now. Um, but either way, um, he's now the third option as far as being the person who has to score a bucket when the shot clock running down now. He's never had this level of uh, shot creation around him in his entire career. And, and, and like, he was always really playing with a hole in the lineup. Like, right. It, it always He's always playing like... four on five or three on five on offense on, on, on like those Clippers teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now he has like the, the big wing score that he's all, he's never had in his entire career in Durant. Um, the problem is, can they stay healthy? And two, can they find, can they find a, a third big that can get like, uh, that can function, um, as somebody that can guard somebody in case they like, well, let me, let me start that. I'm going to straight that back because like they run to the bucks. They're done. Like that's the, that, that's a terrible matchup for them. Right. Like, I don't think the Suns can guard a soul. Um, I think they, I think they can guard better than some of these. I think they can better. I think they can better. They fare better than like the Mavs or the Nuggets do, defensively. Quite frankly, definitely um, better than the Mavs. The Mavs definitely can't guard a soul. Yeah, and the Nuggets like you can tell me about Jokic the last two years with what what his numbers like defensively. I just saw Embiid give him fifty, and in playoff games, you can still you can still hunt him, and the thing with hunting him is like. And it, this is the reason why they end up getting their ass kicked in the uh, West Conference Finals against the Lakers. Like, if you have shooting on the floor, you can hunt him. And if you can't get him off enough pick and roll and the shot clock's winding down, you can just pick Jamal Murray. And Jamal Murray has now rounded into shape offensively, um, like now of, of late. But, like, he's still the same defensive player he's always been, which is poor. So, like... Think of, think of what you think of pick and roll. You think of a point guard and a big man coming up. They're they're weak at the point of attack and they're weak at the at the you know at protecting the rim behind it. Like what is like there are leakings. Like in the playoffs, they're going to get exploited. Like so, they're going to have to score a lot of points and they will score Cones. a lot of points. But it's going to be such a hard task to try to get if they're ever behind in the game. It's like can they get two stops and can they get two and three two or three stops in a row to come up? And it's like no, there's not. So like I I have a hard time trusting them to get out the West. Um, that, so with this Beverly team finally contributed something. So with this so with this Nuggets or sorry so with this Suns team like, you know, it's just like when any of these other Durant teams that he's had like with, when the Harden was on the Nets or when um, he was in Golden State where it's like there's a there's amazing amounts of space there's amazing amounts of sh- well maybe even more than uh, or not maybe definitely more than um, than Golden State Warriors like shot creation mid range shot creation. Like and then you and then like any mismatch with with you know uh, put into a pick and roll with Aiden is just it's a, it's terrible. Like 
Aiden screening for any of those three with with, with those oh. other three on the floor spacing the floor is just it's just it, it puts you in a torture rack. And also, um, we, we don't know if DeAndre Aiden really even wants to like play here. So that's true. <laughs> uh, but but like when he's catching when he starts catching these lobs, it's he's he's gonna like he's gonna like his life a lot more of, uh, of late. Like obviously, like you know, I think. The way it seems, it seems like most of his issue is like Monty Williams. But at this point now, when Kevin Rance on the team is like, hey man, I can tell you right now he's gonna be a Monty Williams guy. I know Chris Paul's Monty Williams guy. I know Devin Booker's a Monty Williams guy. And the person they just traded for is definitely gonna be a Monty Williams guy as well. So yep. it's gonna be looking around like, okay, these are the three best players I always got a ball. Am I gonna shape up or, or or am I gonna be made fun of for the rest of my career? Cause I made cause I'm I'm the reason why Moping Around made this a failure. So it's gonna be on him, Tough. and he's and he's young. He's still young. He's what? Is he even twenty four? I think he's twenty four. I think. Yeah. So, um, you know, and you know, we saw a lot of we seen so much from him, um, you know, in twenty twenty one, and even twenty twenty two up until the playoffs, uh, that that particular round. So, like, I'm not ready just to write him off. Uh, mm-hmm. he, you know, so we'll, but we'll see how this goes. Um, but. I think offensively they're just going to be lights out while they're healthy. Like I said, while they're while they're healthy. Um but um I still probably just based off of you know just based off of the health and the age stuff, I'm still picking I still think the Bucks are this is Bucks or the Celtics to win. Whoever wins the Eastern Conference is gonna win this be my pick. Uh you know, and I probably go with the Celtics because like I don't like like this Chris Middleton stuff is going on right now where he's in and out the lineup and stuff. Something's, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, if, if Middleton just plays last in, in in that series, they win. Um, But it's been a year now. Or, you know, that was last season. And he's still in and out the lineup. Um, And not, you know, himself again. So, <clears throat> I, I think the Celtics right now. I think I have to go with the Celtics as my favorite right now. Um, What are you thinking on it? Um... Favorite to win the title, uh, I guess until the Warriors are dead and gone, someone's got to show me uh, mm-hmm. with, with those guys. Like, you know, by the time, you know, it gets to the playoffs, I feel like they'll probably be where they need to be. Um, but I I trust Steph. Like, you, know and you know what's funny? I just think people are – I think they're playing possum. And I hate this. And, and normally, like, I wouldn't like if they end up like a six, seven, or eight seed. It's hard to really take it, them serious, right? Mm-hmm. But if there was one team I would believe in, it would be them from that uh, portion because they're not going to lose to the Grizzlies. Like, I, th- that's not going to happen. I, I like, would say this. <laughs> like, they've had as much injury as any of these other old teams. But the thing is, with them over the years, is outside of 2019 and 2020, right? Outside of those two years, a cluster on them back to back. Um, they've had injuries at like fortunate times where like someone was going to miss like six weeks or a month, and like they get they get hurt and then they come and they'll be ready by the playoffs. They they've been obviously outside the two years that clustered on them back to back. Like they've been kind of lucky and like Steph got hurt and like Steph like you hear like. It's not anything you need to be worried about structurally, but it's very painful. So he's out and it's like, okay, so he'll be back. And when he's back, you already know what he's going to get, right? It's been Steph Curry, what Steph Curry has brought to you outside of some couple weird games in the playoffs um, here and there. But you know what you're going to get out of him five, you know, five or four times out of a series. Um, so, yeah, uh, 
somebody gonna have to eliminate them boys for for me. Um, I I am concerned though about like where they end up in the standings. If they, you know, uh, I you know I think it's really tough if they're a five seed. If they're mm-hmm. a four seed, I'm like okay. They, I think they still do that, but I think the four seed is a real tough ask. And um, you know, Nuggets are and, and like the standings are so bunched together right now in the West. So you know. You can fuck around and be eight seed real quick or seven seed real quick, um, like because you know crazy. remember the thing how bad the the Suns were playing and we were like yo they're done and like they're the th- they're, they're last I checked they were the three seed, yeah, and they're about to get Kevin Durant after the break, so now, um, look no matter which way this breaks like we could end up with like <laughs> just just all time just just nasty matchups like yeah. like all across this um hey, you know this and Western Suns Conference. Mavs. Look, Suns, Mavs, Suns, Lakers. If the Lakers are like round in the shape, yeah, which we'll yeah. talk about, um, Suns, Warriors. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. it could all get nasty mm-hmm. in there. It's like a you know a little mix of all these teams, uh, and then you add in the Grizzlies, then you add in the Pelicans who don't like nobody. Yep. Like, yep. Can at, we least, fast at least, forward? at least with the Pelicans, they don't talk shit like a lot of these other West Coast teams, though. True. Um, like I and I was talking to you in a, in a different thread about like, like do y'all remember in 2014 when like before the Warriors ever won a title when like everybody in the West Conference hated the Warriors, the Rockets, and the Clippers because all three of them teams talked shit but they hadn't won anything at that point. And I'm like, well, you got these 2000 go to 2013 or 2023. You got the Suns, you got the uh, you got the uh, the Grizzlies, and um, who am I blanking on right now? There's another team that people oh Timberwolves, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like. We're we're back. We're back to just these 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 uh Western Conference teams, and they don't like each other, and they all yap at each other. Uh, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting to see how they have three basically villainous type of teams. Like maybe it's a, maybe you know, I think now at this point with the Durant stuff, now like people still may like him, but they're not really cheering for him. So like he's still like yeah. even him on there like. With Chris Paul and, and Bro, Devin how much Booker talent has shit? Durant played with? My God, yeah, he's yeah. played with more Hall of Famers than Bill Russell at this point. Like, <laughs> oh fuck. So, so okay, let's do this, right? I think that Devin Booker has displayed enough talent um, over and has shown enough in playoff games over the last two years to, to kind of feel like that is a Damian Lillard. Kyrie Irving level talent and like if he can stay healthy enough, he will be a Hall of Famer. Is that unfair to say? I, I feel like he he will be. Okay, so you got him. You got Chris Paul. Draymond isn't a Hall of Famer, but he's going to get in. Uh, Andre Iguodala is not a Hall of Famer, but he's going to get in. Clay Thompson is a Hall of Famer. Steph's a Hall yeah. of Famer. Westbrook's a Hall of Famer. Harden's a Hall of Famer. It, it is a lot of people. Like, it is a lot of people. Like, think about what I said. Like, you think of the the office of like juggernauts. He's been a he's been the best player on and a part of, right? Like that Warriors run, that little, you know, when they beat the Celtics ass in twenty twenty one. Like that was mm-hmm. like, yo, this is cancel Christmas. Um, uh, with Harden and, and Kyrie and Durant, and then now this team is also going to be a just they're going to be so hard to guard. Right, because the Suns already run like all the pretty stuff that you love to see, like the run shit, like just beautiful offense, and um, so and you're adding him to it, like they're gonna be so hard to guard. Um, so yeah, um, but yeah, you're right. He has played with a lot of really good off, a lot of great players. He has, um, and it's like I don't knock him for it. 
but what I will say is, like, I hope that, like, whatever he's looking for, for validation from people because they said his rings don't count. He ain't like, never going to get it. Like, like, like in Vogue, he's never going to get it. Look, um... Him diamonds cloudy. I think chipped up. Okay, if the Suns win a title, okay. If it, I'm not gonna say until the Suns are gonna win a title, because I don't. I'm not. They're not my favorite, right? But it, to, in my mind, imagine what it looks like. He's gonna be spectacular to, to have to do that. Mm-hmm. So you know, like if, if they win, if the Suns win the final, he's definitely the Finals MVP. Um, and that team is not. And that's some team like he's a missing piece, right? Like he's like. They were done. Their window, their window was closed, shut forever when they lost to the Mavs second round after they after Chris Paul got worn down in that first round, like just done. And he opened it back up and, it, and potentially wins a title. Like he will get more credit for this title than he ever did, you know, knocking that shot in, in, in LeBron's eye, which is it, mm-hmm. like just so dumb. But whatever. Um, uh, so let's move on to your team, the Lakers. They moved out Chris or I'm gonna say Chris Paul. They moved out Russell Westbrook um in a three team trade that netted them um Jared Carpenter and D'Angelo Russell and uh Mike Mikel Ble- Beasley. Um Malik Beasley, I'm sorry. Uh and you also gave up the twenty seven pick, not twenty nine, right? Twenty seven pick? Twenty seven pick. The twenty seven first round pick the Lakers ha- uh, had. Um Traded Pat Bev for Mo Bamba. That's right. That's right. Um, and then you know, a couple weeks ago, you traded uh for uh Rui Hachimura. Yeah. Um, top to bottom, your team is like has like eight NBA players, like NBA quality players now, as say, opposed to like these yeah. looking players. So like the team is going to be a lot better. I think they might just be in a big hole, and like who knows when like you know another injury strikes. Yeah, you got to worry about injuries. You got to worry about gelling. You got to worry about um, how much does LeBron really have to give to the second half of the season now that the record is out the way. He hasn't played a game or a minute since the record was broken. Yeah, um, like, he came, like he got injured. Like he had a he was doing something with his foot at the end of that game, and I thought like, okay, well, you know, we've seen him, you know, mess up an ankle or whatever else, and tie a shoe back up and go back out there and play, and then like. He's not missed three games since then. It's like, uh, should we be concerned? Right. Then you got Anthony Davis, who you can – I. T- this is my I Two trust weeks, Anthony Davis. Yeah, th- th- this is my I trust Anthony Davis face. <laughs> so, um, I I don't like the way Russ was treated pretty much his whole tenure. He's been traded uh, to the Utah. Jazz. and Utah. then Has he been bought out yet? Presumably, he's a buyout, like waiting to happen. So, but I don't, everyone I don't, is basically reported like he will not play for them. Yeah. Um. So you know, I I didn't like the way you know Russ got treated. I I I guess I am happy for him in one sense, so he doesn't have to be a scapegoat anymore. Whatever happens to this team, uh, will happen to this team on its own merits from this point forward. Um. And you know, the moves that they made, they're cool. I just don't think it's enough. Like in it, to, it can't oh, to be win enough. to win. Yeah. Oh, definitely, like, definitely. It, I don't. It I don't think can't be enough. It's like we're, yeah. Like people were wanting us to gut the team just for the sake of LeBron having this birthright to have like this stacked up team. Like it doesn't work that way. It's like 
dudes get old, like, and you know, he's scoring all these points. He doesn't have the same effect on the game that he once did. Right. It's okay. Like, this is what's supposed to happen. He's in his 20th year. Like, and, you know, looking at Anthony Davis. In his self-inflated by LeBron, by, by, by insisting upon that Russell Westbrook trade that everyone knew was going to be bad yes. before it ever, before, as it was happening in real time. This is the second guessing. We are like, yo, Westbrook is cooked as far as winning at, at a top, at a top level. Why are you bringing him into your, in, into your team? And yep. he's been on this. So that's why I'd never, I'd never wanted to like get on Russ for that. It was like, right. yo, Russ, Russ knows what he is at this point. Right. Like, like, why is he here? We need to look at that. Yeah. Like, and Russ like played hard every fucking night. Like yeah. when he could have just laid it down. Like and then, uh, you know, when they were told telling me he's come off the bench, he was like, uh, "Yes, coach, uh, I'll work as hard as four years I can." Well, like, and for, it was just for, like for, for Darvin Ham, he did not he did not do none of that shit for for, for Frank Vogel. And I, 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 I guess, but no, it was a thing. He, he was like he was. It, do you remember when uh, Carmelo uh, was asked that one year when like right before he was about to come bench player? He was like, "Well, I come off the bench." He's like, "You want me to come off the bench?" Like Westbrook was like was getting questions about him coming off the bench, potentially be a six man. And he was like, he was not having it. He just wasn't. He was like mm-hmm. not entertaining the idea that like he couldn't fathom the idea that like he's not a starter in this league. And it's like, I mean, that's part of what makes him him. But also like, brother, like you're like. We're now starting to look at like these these small teams that need some type of someone that can sell tickets Box at this office. point. Like as far as you you and being on a, on like a playoff team and contributing to it, those days are over. Yeah, but you know, Russ gets to go on. Um, and I don't know, it's just, it's just not enough. Like it's like, all right, D'Angelo Russell's back. I want to cheer for D'Angelo Russell. No, um, so it. So is it from the whole like the scandal thing when he was there, or is it just like just the, the he's just a bad watch to watch on a night to night basis? Because he is, he is bad watch to watch on a night basis. I don't think he's a winning player. He's like, not. And then he's not. He just he just he just he can he can knock down shots that he's West playing minutes in the league. That that's that's what that's what it is. And when you play enough minutes, you have to score when you're out there. Like that's that's like, what he's doing. Like he's not a winning player. Like I think he's. He's not a winning player the same way that, or not in the same in different ways in Westbrook. But the thing that he could do is he can he can be on the floor and knock down shots in a way to where like you get a ball to Westbrook with, with under five minutes, it, he could just lose you a game. Um, by mm. you know having a ball just skate out of his hand, just slide out of his hands, or or he gets he dribbles into a weird spot on the floor and and just yeah, it's like so. It's a different it's a different type of unwinning player. I think it's more stomachable when it's D'Angelo than it's when it's Westbrook at this point. I, or, you know, it could just be a situation where, like, you know, when, it is when, you, have a, when you, you go cycle through bad quarterbacks, it's like the only thing that matters on the back of that jersey is not the person that, that, that we got sick and tired of and fed up with. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think it might just be as much as swapping that kind of stuff out. And they better not like, extend him. They better not extend him. And they were talking about it, I heard, but I hope not. No, um, he's a losing I, player. I, like and, and he's then, young, he's a young losing player, which is even worse. Because I don't think there's nothing to. He's been in the league long enough where like, like that's gonna be that's just him. And then expect all these people to come in and they, all these guys have these these skills or whatever. Like, oh yeah, you know they they've shot this percentage from three. Da, 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 da. It's like, all right, what happens when you get in that LeBron offense though? When, when it's like bail out three time, like, and then you just you you go booty, you just go cold, like. <laughs> so it. it I don't feel like we're going to see those people's like true abilities, like in the way this offense is set up and they're just too far in the hole for me. Like it's 
this is looking like uh, you know getting up to the seventh seed in the best case scenario and then getting smacked in round one. Yeah, I was shocked when they beat the Warriors without. Uh, <laughs> I know they didn't have Steph, but I was still shocked that they won over the weekend on Saturday. I was so, I couldn't believe they won. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like it was also because like I think I think AD only had like thirteen points in that game, played terribly. Yeah. I was like, how the fuck did they win? He had a bunch of rebounds, I think. But um, yeah, I. Yeah, I, I don't know. Russ was the one guy I liked on the team, but um, I mean, yeah, I mean, at least Pat Bev's gone. Oh yeah, I could celebrate that. Yes, actually, you know, let me, let me, uh, you know, we got. Uh, I guess I gotta gotta run it for the um, for the stream here. We got a new player. I can't wait to hear this chant ringing off in stables. Playing Mo Bamba. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, I'll cut it off now. But so I heard, or last I checked, like Austin Rivers there, got him out the city. No, I, I don't have the words on the streets of Orlando. Even though I got people <laughs> in Orlando, uh, but um. Last I checked, there may have been some potential buyout, uh, Pat Bev buyout in Orlando. Oh, talk. he was, he was, he was oh. bought out officially. Okay, so he's bought out. Is he go? Is he go? Is he going to return to the Timberwolves? I think that's who they said. He, the Timberwolves are interested. Uh, of course, and y- y- once he shows up, I already, I already sent you the meme that's on that's on hand when it happens. Like when he went out there, and he acted as if he won the fucking title because the Timberwolves got into the playoffs, and then he fucking cried. Like that is the that is the meme that everyone's going to go to once that becomes official, and we're all going to send this had the same jokes. We all go laughing in the same way because the same person he's always been. And like, I can't be, be happier. Funny. I can't it's be happier than to get that bum off our team. Jesus Christ. If he's on the Timberwolves, I can't be happy. I'm happy that he's there because, like, it gives you reason not to root for the Timberwolves again. It's like, dude, like, I don't like I don't like Carl Anthony's Towns. I don't like watching him play. Uh, not, not I don't like, like, I don't have a problem with him personally. It's just, I, I don't like his game. And then, like, you know, I've always hated the Gobert shit. And then, like, you know, D'Angelo Russell, D'Angelo Russell was a hard watch for me. Like, and I thought like maybe they get a little bit better when that he's gone. But it's like, oh, now they're adding Pat Bev. Also, it's based like very similar to. It's like a, unlike less likable than last year's team that wasn't that likable outside of Anthony Edwards. And it's like, okay, all right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, that Gobert trade, man. Oh yeah, it was bad. I mean, look. Remember, Rich, when we talked about it, I was like, yo, this is a disaster. Why would you do this? I don't think I realized how bad it it could go just because, like, what Utah ended up getting, like, it ended up working out. Like, Walker Kessler ended up turning into an NBA guy. And then also, like, all the fucking capital they gave up and then figuring out, oh, Danny Age is is basically doing a a Sam Presti job over here. Mm -hmm. Oh, and and y'all aided in this. Oh. So, um, so you watched that? You watched the LeBron game uh, when he broke the record. I I tuned in in the middle of the third quarter and caught it. Yeah. What do you think of what you saw out of uh, the Young Thunder? Even without oh, even without so, um, uh, Buddy from Gonzaga. Yes, been I, I had actually been fortunate to catch a Thunder League Pass game earlier this year, mm-hmm. and I I thought they had something like and 
the Auto thing Dan is, Williams is, is a confusing as a first watch, but yeah, like they've got a lot of tall guys yes. that they're just like, like, yo, we're going to be very tall. We're going to be young. And, um, I, Shea Gilders Alexander, like he can do what he wants, like essentially, like, yeah. um, as far as just like kind of hoppy, he's got an awkward herky jerky kind of game, like, yeah. but he can get to the rim at will. He like, has an awkward herky jerky game, and I, I'm fucking, I'm gonna say it. Next time he gets to the playoffs, people are going to hate him. Mm-hmm. He does the he does the foul hunting shit, but people don't recognize it as foul hunting shit. But once he gets to the playoffs and you see him get to the line 15 goddamn times, you're going to be sick to death of him. Like, <laughs> like you all the stuff you mentioned, herky-jerky, play slow pace, you he, he can't speed him up. That's absolutely all true, and he is a great player. But he also does the foul hunting shit that people cl- that some people have hated other players for doing, but he hasn't gotten that kind of hit yet. Because he's on his team under the radar. Under the radar. But once he gets to the playoffs... It's going to be similar to when Trey got to the playoffs. People are going to hate that. People are going to turn on him. So, like, look, another person that was out there with the mission, with the mission boots on uh, recently. Yeah. Um, but I, I think they are a uh, they're a rising team that is probably like two years away from being able to like probably like comfortably compete for a playoff spot. And they'll yeah. have Chet in at that time. Yep. And they're loaded with fucking picks. Well, Williams like, they, is in, in picks. Yep. Yeah. Um, like, I really. Lots of hope. I like two of the Williams a lot from what I saw. They play hard like like a good young team should. Um and I, I that's my first time ever that's my no second time ever seeing Giddy. I see why people like Giddy so much. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um they're that's another team that that I mean, obviously they're they're behind the tracking of like a Pelicans or a Grizzlies, but like or uh Timberwolves, but like two years like when it's time it, to like replace the Warriors and shit like, like that. that, like the Thunder are gonna step like right in. Yep, yep. They're all they need is one of these dudes to pop and like hell, they maybe not pop to be an all star, but like it feels like with the talent level of talent and how hard they're trying, like you can get I could easily see three of them do two or three of them dudes like actually like becoming like top fifty NBA players. I could see that easily. They're probably gonna end up in that situation where they have too much talent and they're gonna have to trade somebody. But that's that's possible. That's but a, I mean that's that's, that's, a good that's, problem that's the have. risk they're willing to run. <laughs> the only problem is the last time they're in that situation, they traded James fucking Harden away and they could have just paid the luxury tax. <laughs> Five million dollars, James. Five million dollars. We'll never know. Oh my god. Bro we'll never know. How many you remember the Bill Simmons uh what if section of the book of basketball? Yes. How many is James Harden in now? If they up, if he updated it, Jesus Christ. Okay. If he never gets traded from OKC, <laughs> right? Um, if Chris, what if Chris Paul's hamstring doesn't explode? If his hamstring doesn't explode in Game Five of the West Conference Finals 2018, if Chris, if Kyrie Irving isn't such a like uh, joy sucker that that Harden immediately sniffs it and says, "I'm out." That's three right there. And they're all, right. all high-ranking ones. You can probably go in his own draft. Like, what if they, like, drafted Steph Curry instead and he went somewhere else to begin? Yeah, you can do that. You can do that. You can do that. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, like, re- people can do the, the retrospective thing of uh, those two be- being the best, two best players in that draft. Like, J- Blake Griffin was going first in that draft regardless. But, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, because, you know, Steph went too far down for everyone, even, you know, even – 
no one no one thought this obviously but like we were everybody that saw him at Davidson them two years were like oh yeah this dude is this is top five pick and he went seventh or eighth yeah I think, yeah something like that yeah and it was like all right yeah it'll show you she sure has <laughs> Jesus Christ um but yeah man um since we, you know we've basically gone through the West Conference and all that kind of stuff I guess let's get to LeBron breaking that record like he is a he, he's now the the, the scoring king. <laughs> Um, like when we when you first started watching LeBron, do you think this was possible? No, just because you don't think anyone can break Kareem's record. It wasn't even right. necessarily about LeBron. It was right. like no one's scoring that many fucking points. No like, one's gonna be. No one's gonna make like seventeen, eighteen All Star games, and no one's gonna you know. No one's gonna put up thirty eight thousand points. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, like just just because I, like I remember like uh, as, I used to do this. I used to track Kobe. I used to do. Yeah. I was tracking Kobe's career the whole time. And like, if you can avoid a major injury, and then he tore his fucking Achilles, and it was like, yep. uh, that, not hurt, that hurt him a lot. Um, but I remember when LeBron was coming in the league, like Carl Malone was exiting the league, and yeah. I was like thinking about how how much Carl Malone stayed in shape, how much he never missed games, and then he was still short. And I was like, oh, this shit's never happening. Like, yeah. and he ended up as number two before. Yeah. Um. Like. I th- I'm trying to think of when it- when did it first dawn on you? Because I'm trying to I'm trying to go back in my mind and trying to think of when it first dawned on me. Like, oh yeah, he's definitely going to or he's going to do this. Not like it's he might do it, but like unless some unless he loses a leg, he's going to do this. I I, it- I think it might have been like by the time he first became a Laker, maybe even maybe even before then, like maybe like his last Cavs year. I was like, he's going to do this. I think it was when he became a Laker for me mm-hmm. just because like all right you would have figured like if someone's in their 20th year they might be laying it down at this point mm-hmm. we still don't know if when he's gonna lay it down he seems he's talking like he wants to play two and three more years at least yeah because so, talk about his uh about wanting to play with Bronny and it's like well buddy they're i know they're breaking i know they're about to go back to the the uh eighth out of high school thing but like your son is the third best best player in this class he's a, that, you know what that means that means he is a th- Two to three year player in in college basketball before he's going to go unless something dramatically changes when he gets to college. So um, we already yeah. know like what, what type of foolery about to happen. That man about to sign with Clutch Sports, Rich, and then Rich. Like, here's the thing to think about, right? Here's the thing to think about. Tom foolery about to happen. I don't know if you've been noticing this as far as all these trades at this trade deadline. Do you see the number of like all these people getting traded for second round picks, bro? All these five this second is comedy. rounders, comedy. Rich. Bro, Rich. I've never seen no shit like this with these second rounders. Rich, we all know historically how insignificant a second round or how second rounders are. What are the odds these people are saying, hey, two, three years, let's go ahead and get Bronny with the 45th pick in the fucking draft and we can get we get the we can get the last year of LeBron James. I think I think Disgusting. I, I do not think that that's out of I do not think that's out of the realm of possibility. Like some team that feels like <laughs> they are like, by the time he gets LeBron, LeBron will probably be like it'll look like ninety six Magic or whatever else. But like, he'll still be a valuable player if you can get him on a team that has like Nasty. players that are better than him, right? I think there's, I think like, I think there's gonna be people that be like, LeBron hey, got to go home, man. I think there'll be people to be like, let's try to do this. Let's try. I think people manipulating like this because we think yeah. of how many people manipulate the, over the years to try to manipulate, to try to maneuver to try to get in position to acquire his service at different points, right? The Lakers, the Cavs, the Miami, 
um, the Clippers, the Knicks, like, but that, that was years ago. But even my point, like, there's always teams that are trying to convince themselves that LeBron will show up to them. And the only thing that, and like, LeBron is going to go there because he wants to go there, not because anything you're doing. Um, yeah. so yeah, like, I feel like I saw them fifth round, on them second round picks getting moved in abundance. And I'm like, why the fuck you want these second round picks? They mean nothing in this league. Bro, like, they, they only matter when for, like one person pops. They were trading niggas for hope out here, literally. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Oh. Does it feel like does it feel like these second round picks are like for for actual valuable players like basically like almost like cash dumps? All right, I was gonna say remember when they used to trade niggas for five hundred thousand dollars? Like yeah. this feels the same way. Like, right, right, right. Um, um but yeah, but, like yeah, a bunch of nastiness uh, that that is set to happen over the next couple years. Uh, well, LeBron got the record. Uh, congratulations to him. Yeah, um, um, for those that, that maybe have not read it, uh, I would I would suggest going to uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's um, Twitter. I think he has it pinned, and he wrote uh, from on the Substack about like his thoughts on LeBron winning. It, and I thought that like it was great, and like the the par- or the the section he gets to when he talks about um, why records are meant to be broken and why they're inspirational and what they mean to like bring us together as a people, as far as like you watch, um, you watch like, you know, our best athletes strive and do this and they achieve something. It makes you think like, this is what the human, this is what human capacity for all of us, uh, is for if you, uh, uh, you know, achieve or, or sorry, if you like try for it. And I thought it was like, it was like goose pump. It was like goosebumps level shit. It was like, someone needs to sample some of this stuff and put it in the Bayface promo. Like, it, it was just amazing. Um, or, or they can give that to the, to these old-timers that get upset when, when niggas start having, like, six-star matches, seven-star matches and shit. <laughs> Human achievement, you know, being, you know, going to another level. That's a great know. point. I didn't think of that, but yeah. Uh, I, thought Kareem, I thought Kareem was, like, as giving a magnanimous uh, uh, or putting put over LeBron as much as you possibly can for someone to break your record and, like, he's like, the way he said it's like, look, I is like won the lotto. I won millions of dollars at one point, and like twenty, almost thirty years later, almost forty years later, someone else has won millions of dollars. Like his millions don't, don't affect mine. I already did it, and um, and then I think the way he addressed the, the uh, magic thing, saying like, "Look, magic knows me very well, and at at a certain point, if someone had broke this thing ten years after I did, I would have been pissed. But like my life, I'm, my I'm a, I'm a totally different person. I'm a grandfather. I'm a homebody." And talked about like the relationship thing with LeBron. It was weird at the beginning of the year when like LeBron does the no, no thoughts, no relationship, which was a great meme. But uh, talked about like yeah, like I just don't, I don't fathom. This is all my fault because I don't, I don't fathom why someone his age would want to hang out with someone that's over twice his age, right? Like mm-hmm. what can I really teach him except for you know whatever? But like this is all my fault, so I don't hold it against LeBron. And I, I thought like the things he said about LeBron, I, I really liked it. I, I thought it was really great and like. For somebody that like for so much of his career was given the prick label, like I thought it was just you know I I I I liked seeing that. Like I want to see that from Oscar Robertson at some point. But then again, he'll just say like just get on get, get up on Steph Curry, he won't be so great. <laughs> just so, get up on him. <laughs> diabolical hater. He 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 got to do something to change that before he go, man. Like you got to think like we just lost Bill Russell, like we, Kareem and Jerry West, like, you yeah. know, Will's already gone. Like there's only like the 60 stars. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, you know, so like, I hope to see more, you know, Razor some of the around. Yeah. I hope to see like the 60, 70 stars, like kind of, you know, get some spotlight, like the, obviously the 75 anniversary stuff. We saw that last year, but like, I want to see more of the stuff. Cause like, that was a thing with seeing Bill Russell all the time. And then like the one year I saw him, like, you know, uh, last year and it's like, 
wow, he's he has a cane now. I was like, this can't be good. And now he's no longer with us. But like, it mm-hmm. was always, you know, the legends. I love seeing the old time legends and, yep. and, and, and see them talk about the game and what the thoughts of are the young players, especially when it's positive. Cause like that just, I, I, I really enjoy it. Like, that's why I love Jerry West so much. He's so positive about the new players, about mm-hmm. the, about the current day players always. So yeah. Um, shout out to Kareem. Yep. Um, so I guess, uh, we should move over to pro wrestling. Um, so yeah, man, I, uh, I missed a lot in my time off. Um, so, you know, Mr. Royal Rumble. Yes. Um, I ended up watching the, the probably like from like the 20 in the, somewhere in the twenties on, mm-hmm. I watched it and saw that I, I thought the ending that they did was really good. Yeah. Um, it, it was and, fun at the beginning. Like, if you ever, you know, if you ever, you know, I think sometimes you might run a rumble because you know you like to watch some fucking yeah, like, random yeah. 90s Raws or whatever else. So, yeah. like, if you ever throw up that rumble, you will enjoy the beginning of it when they start out with Sheamus and and uh, and Walter. And then all of a sudden, that three comes out Miz and they just basically take turns beating the piss out of him and then they go Damn. from there. Um, <laughs> like, it's it's solid. And then, like, there's like a run where you get like Karrion Cross and, and a few other people that are kind of like undesirables. But, like, that's the dead point. And then after that, like, around, once you get to, like, after that, like, it picks back up. And, like, it picks up a little bit before you um you, you tuned in. So, it is a good, I think it's one of the better rumbles that this ever, that's ever happened. Uh, so, Co- Cody won it. Won yep. it and, um, well, I guess we'll just move on to our next topic with, with Cody here. Um, so, he was doing an interview with uh, Ariel Hawani today. This news broke recently. So, um, he was basically asked about uh, CM Punk and the Elite and Brawl Out. And um, basically, uh, what he said was like, you know, he was like, he has a great relationship with Matt and Kenny, still does. Uh, it was tested by being young executives, it was tested by having different opinions on wrestling, but. Uh, different opinions is what made it strong. That's what made us work. Uh, he wants to do Crockett and old school. They want to do PWG and West Coast. And damn, I loved it. It wasn't. I like that. Um, he said that tension is what made us bond. We're bonded forever because of uh, the things we did. He said, I also had a great relationship with Punk. He was my dinner buddy. Uh, they ordered dinner for me in AW as part of my management perks or whatever. I don't think he knew, um, but I always just put it on my tab because I wanted to make sure he was getting something. So we didn't talk a lot, but I had a great relationship with him. Uh, we still chat, and I was so excited to have him back. Uh, if you remember, when he came back, everyone was excited. So when he watched it from just sitting there, you know, he was not, but there were people that were texting him. Uh, he said, I remember one person texted me, man, you're the smartest guy in the room. And I wanted to write back like, F you, man. I don't feel that way. I feel this thing we built got damaged. He said, I'm not blaming anybody. Sorry, I'm super Switzerland at this point. Uh, I'm not putting blame on anybody, but I hated I just hated seeing that because as the company grows and I hope it continues to grow. I hope people will remember the mission in the first place, uh, why we were there. And if you bring in people that don't know the mission, Things like that can happen. I'm not saying Punk did. He, he said, I'm not saying Punk didn't know the mission or anything of that nature, but I was just bummed out. Sure, you're not, Cody. Um, uh, but uh, I think Cody spoke for a lot of folks. Um, you know, yeah. uh, there he went on further, you know, like he was proud to, um, you know, create a lot of jobs in wrestling. There's not as yep. many jobs in wrestling as people think. Um, Kenny kind of gave like, kind of an answer kind of like that when, when i was talking to him as well as far as like um 
you know, I had asked him, was being an EVP still fulfilling for him? And he gave a pretty thoughtful answer there. So, like, they, yeah. they seem to, like, really be, you know, big on this creating jobs in wrestling and basically helping people get money essentially out here. I, I think um, in more detail, more specifically, like Cody mentioned, like a thousand people that are hired for a, for the AW stuff during it, uh, during this uh, thing you're mentioning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And um, I saw you it know, earlier. He, he was saying no heat on punk, no heat on Matt, Nick, Kenny or Tony. I was just bummed out when I saw it. That's how we envisioned it. If you were at all in the spirit of all in, if you ever lose that spirit, you're lost. And I think the spirit was gone in that moment. Doesn't mean you can't get it back, but it was just a bummer. Um, I watched this thing and I was like, I can't disagree with anything he said. Um, was there a, a element of Cody reading the 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 room and seeing which way the wind's blowing on this and then positioning himself to be with that wind? I think that's definitely there, uh, especially, you know, as he's headed towards WrestleMania, needing all the goodwill he can, <sighs> you know, you could you could afford to, you know, say it without saying it, which is what I think he said when he says the thing about, yo, if you bring people in that don't know the mission, things right. like that can happen because this was, this is a lot of stuff I've like talked about with AW and the fallout of this whole thing from there. Like where it's just like the spirit of the company, this goes back to hangman and, and, and punk like that whole thing, like, and how it was just such a weird feud. And it was like, it felt like it was selling out to capitalism and all this stuff. It was just like, there's something that, you know, when you lose that, it, it's going to be kind of hard to watch this company the same way because, like, this thing, you know, it it was built a certain way. And, it you know, there's obviously going to be a day where um, that is gone. These guys are retired or something like that. And if this thing, you know, just keeps going on and on. But mm-hmm. I think there's a difference from, like, you know, guys choosing to step away on their own retirements um going after you know opportunity other opportunities in wrestling on their own accord rather than like something like this leading to the excommunication of somebody mm-hmm. um and i can't disagree with, with what cody was saying at all here i not only do i not disagree with near with uh, with what he said i like it makes me think of like the beginning of like you know after that press conference after all out it was all out right yeah. Um, and I remember, like, in the first, like, you know, as the stuff was coming out about the fight and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, they get the TV and everyone's been stripped of their titles. And I remember, like, Josh was saying, like, yo, this is damaging. Um, and I, you know, I, I remembered it and I was like, I didn't know if I necessarily agreed with it, but I definitely saw where he was coming from when he said it. Like, Cody... What Cody said is basically like a more fleshed out expression of how damaging it was as opposed to Josh, like kind of saying like where this, what this could be and ultimately kind of feels like it, like Josh is right. Like the that basically was like the moment that the honeymoon was over with AEW. Um, looking back at a retrospect, like, the benefit of the doubt and people loving this thing and even championing it, championing it or whatever else, like that's kind of out the window now. And even though they're on like a, on a one of their better, one of their best runs of, of match quality or whatever else, uh, since this, since this year started, it doesn't feel like earlier iterations of AEW as far as, um, 
the that I guess for lack of a better word, that magic. It sound, mm-hmm. I know I know it sounds so corny, but like it just felt like this is new and exciting, and you were watching, and you there were new guys, and you know they were. You had, maybe I've never seen them from maybe you heard the names, whatever else, but like they were all fighting for spots, and it seemed like they were going to chips were going to fall where they were, and then you know the CM Punk thing happens, and it's like, oh, it's just it's just another wrestling company. It's a, it's it's one of the most competent wrestling companies I've ever seen, but it's just another wrestling company, uh, and like it was going to happen eventually, but it stinks that like this was looking back at it like this was when this was the line that said like that 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 honeymoon period is over um and it, it does stink and like now seeing like some of the guys that you know have been valuable um on tv or like away because of different reasons or they were trying to go back to wwe's like it it, it you you now are thinking of that stuff in the politics that play while watching as opposed to just being able to watch it and being like anyone could possibly win because like Nobody's out here like really just just wants to have the best match or the best program as opposed to like trying to you know position themselves to you know move themselves up the corporate ladder if you will you know for three years down the line or two years down the line or, or whenever their contract runs out so they can renegotiate and like I think it's also another thing that's hanging over their head like a st- sort of damn please like the MJF shit. Like, I don't even think, like, when I put all this together talking just now, I don't even think about the MJF thing. And then, like, I saw your eyes go up and, like, oh, you're talking, like, that, that look to me was like, you're thinking of MJF. Am I wrong? Uh, no. Okay. No. I'm okay. thinking about the elite. Mm. Um, mm. And, and knowing who's in added time right now. Kenny Omega's in added time on his contract right now. Mm. Um, the Young Bucks are, are set to be re signed. And I think if, you know, either one of those guys that, that are, you know, when they're negotiating their contracts, I'm sure they're going to want to answer on, okay, what's happening with Punk? Are you bringing him back? Mm-hmm. And then whatever way that goes is like... Do you think it, it would really jump just to be like, I know he's not coming over here. Like... <laughs> <laughs> that, would, take, that, that, take, would, that would be hilarious. I, like, I, I take nothing <laughs> off the table like as far as them jumping at this point uh-huh. because like... In a couple of months, Dave was talking about it. He, like he's gonna have to make a decision. I felt like he was speaking in coded language uh, by saying, "All right, if you bring CM Punk back, that's gonna be um, like pretty much telling the elite, like, yo, like either you can get down or lay down from this point." Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know why you would want to want to do that, <laughs> but you know, that's if that's the way it goes, that's the way it goes. But um. You know, a lot of the you you can look at a lot of the um the presentation for for the elite. Like, they don't ever get to talk anymore. They don't ever get to really talk about their mission statement, what they're trying to accomplish, or anything. Like, you know, Kenny's lost a championship, never has talked about it, addressed it, anything like that. It's been months and months and months at this point. Um, you can see how New Japan Pro Wrestling was using them, and it was like it felt like just once in a lifetime guy. And then like you know, you got him on Dynamite, and you know. It's ho hum, you know. Trios matches are good. To be but... fair, I feel like that's kind of the like. I don't agree with the people that say the AEW does not have stories, but what I will say is, it feels like of late. Um, and maybe it's unfair because like I did not watch the first three episodes of the year, but I have watched <laughs> the last two or three. It feels like the only person that gets on the mic and talks is MJF. 
and mm-hmm. and to a lesser extent Joe. But Joe's stuff is like really short and succinct and to the point. Yeah, it, like it doesn't feel like much people are getting many people are getting mic time to get their stories or their, or their character over or or their motivations at the time over right now. And I, I kind of feel like the matches are great, but like you might like need to, on, you might need, on you might all need to time match quality run right yeah. now. Out Starks too. That's unfair. I would say Starks as well. Um, but I feel like they need to kind of give got people more opportunity to get over what they're getting over um, a little bit more. Like, because AEW, it feels like they've done less mic time than before in, in this recent run. Maybe I'm just tripping, but it feels that way. So I see why people say there's no stories. They're wrong as hell, but I think that's the reason why they feel <laughs> that way. Um, so let's let's go to some of the stuff in the chat. Like we've got like a lot of people kind of weighing in here. We'll start with Zach Maki. He said, Rich James, he put any blame on Hangman with a few points. Is he blameless in this though? He's not blameless, but the inside he's far more low stakes. Yeah, I like, feel he, like like he started like he started he started with the inside the incident, but it never should have gotten to this point. And and everything after that point is is really punk's fault. Like if he had just left it the fuck alone after he did the the you know the call him out and he knows he's out of conference segment and left it at that, it's fine. But once you go to the press conference and do and do that, it's like look look at the damage. Yeah, like like the Chris it, Brown song. Look at the damage. <laughs> like I, I once said, it was like you know you hit somebody with an open hand slap and they like ran you over with a Mack truck in response. Like it's yeah. it's it's it uneven. So it's outside. The response was so outsized. Yeah. Um. So uh, uh, Keen was saying um, uh, he agrees with James here. Brawlout was the first time the, the cloak was the AEW cloak was fully exposed after the honeymoon period was over. And the same time, WWE went through a hard change for the better business wise. Uh, Crystal Fisher said punk wreck so much is genuinely sad. And there's potential that it costs the elite Keen to see what you ask. Kenny Rich. Uh, yeah, definitely look out for that. Um, Keen also says, I love punk and I, I'm a fan, but the people but the fact people won't even allow valid criticism against him to be put on the table is frightening. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I mean, but you know, that's the that's you know, kind of been that's, <laughs> that's kind of been CM Punk's fan, like the fan, the fan fanhood behind CM Punk for yeah. years and years. Like, regardless, like I thought he was in the right with a lot of the stuff with with WWE, but like you can listen to, um, you know, the, the that Colt Cabana interview, like in. You know, I think there are things like, you know, you can look at him like, yo, WWE failed him like on all this stuff. But like a lot of that, some of that stuff was self-induced. And I don't think people um, all that what would hardly race do shit like that's him believing in that macho bullshit like that. That really that that could end someone's life. Essentially, uh, we've seen a lot of people in wrestling just like run themselves to the ground, like trying to uh, trying to keep up with how it was always done. Whether it was through drugs, whether it was through you know uh, you know mm. just being up late at and, night. And, and we were talking about, and we were talking about that back then. Like, <laughs> I see why he felt that way because he was put in that environment that leans on people in that way. Except for, you know, Randy Orton and seemingly John Cena at the time. So, like, I see why he felt the way, but he also got to be smart enough to be like, look, I'm kind of a made person here. I don't have to put the pedal to the metal and, and end up, you know, white knuckling the way that he did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get in, but, but it happens to so many people there that, like, it's like, it ain't this ain't a him thing. It's everybody, but it's like y'all gotta realize that like y'all don't have to do this yourself. And I, I think it's a broad product of it at the time. It was it's the only big major place to do it at now. Um, 
But yeah, like I mean, you know, like that's that's the story with Moxley. Like you go through that Mox book, and it's like he's ran. He is. It's the same thing. Like he's ran mm-hmm. up the wall, and I, you know, I said um, recently, like there are ways to handle this as far as like the burnout factor with WWE and going to AEW. It's like you could be John Moxley, or you could be in CM Punk. And we'll see where we'll see after a certain amount of time where you lie on this. Like, do you just do you legitimately just want to like do good wrestling and not be in stupid storylines or whatever else, or feel like or feel like you're put through all these jump, have to jump through all these unnecessary hoops because they're so uptight there and uh, with every all the politics and all that kind of stuff maneuvering backstage and on screen, or do you just want to like do good wrestling, or do you or do you actually like want to like play the game of succession and climb the road to the top and you feel like this is an easier this is an easier mountain to climb over here because like they're going to step that shit out pretty fast that you're out for yourself um at AEW because they've, they've they have experience with these with people that have done this like the punk thing just recently is the most notable example so um over the years there'll be more and more people like getting exposed as like over time or there'll be people that would be actually like be valuable additions and they'll just love their time and AEW and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see how this, <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. Like you can say right now, Brian Danielson, not like CM Punk at all. Claudio, not like CM Punk at all. Chris Jericho, John not Moxley, like not like CM Punk. Right. Right. <laughs> and that was the thing when CM, when um, Moxley left. Remember it was like he's gonna be miserable because he's miserable everywhere he goes, and no. This is the happiest we've seen we've ever seen John Moxley. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Kimo said, "To be fair, like uh, the subject in the comments was like the elite really have been given much. Um, they're like the C or D thing." Uh, he said, "To be to be fair, they're given a licensed theme and the trio's title um, back is overtures, but that don't mean it'll be enough. They definitely need a hot program soon." Yeah, uh, Crystal Fisher says, "The thing with Punk is he's based on his mid." Or excuse me, the thing with Punk is based on his mid forties Midwest housewife passive Instagram stories. Yeah, those things are getting interesting to say the least. Um, and he has no interest in apologizing. What's the point? Uh, I think they were saying, you know, if he comes, Punk comes back, he's got to apologize the way he disrespect the company. Um, uh, MJ does PR was good. Um, <laughs> uh, Seamus Nova says, I don't think the elite uh, and Hangman are blameless and all of this, but next to Punk's blow up. Uh, <laughs> or excuse me, the Punk's public blow up next to the owner of the company put this at a whole different level. Yep. Uh, Crystal Fisher says some will tell you that Hangman's first shot was actually a response to numerous prior uh, private shots by Punk backstage. Colt being replaced by Ace. Uh, I just don't feel comfortable like operating off that premise because I mean that fully could be, but like it's just not like we don't have that information. Right. Um, like. Anything with the anything with the um, Coca Banner stuff, I don't care because that shit was off screen. Adam Page brought that shit on screen. That's always gonna be on him, regardless of what where CM Punk took it from there on. Like that's the that's that's the that's if when I say that Adam Page is not blameless, that's what I mean. We never know where it leads to as far as in behind stage, because fright. But like, quite frankly, I don't give a fuck because I'm watching a TV thing. I don't care about like that. There's not, or in this case, the performers not liking each other. I don't give a shit. Um, but once he did that, that started this, and then Punk just took it way too fucking far. Yeah, like the only thing that I can I can really say that's like confirmed is like some uh like they had some backstage meeting with them that was either after the double or nothing promo and before the CM Punk response that it was like, all right, why are you going back? 
because I thought there was like a squash it meeting backstage with, you know, uh, Hangman and Punk. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> let's see. I mean, that's uh, the thing, right? Like, you hope that like people can butt heads and then eventually can let stuff go, right? Like, any of y'all that's ever played sports, high school level, there's always a fight or fights. And everybody gets broken up and you got to go back to play. You got to go back to practicing. Right. And like whoever lost or whatever else, like you got to get over that shit eventually. Like maybe, maybe people will bring it up, you know, in passing or people will not. Maybe people will bring it up because there's always going to be a winner or a loser or if it's still maybe either way, like someone will get laughed at about, you know, whatever else. But like over time, got to get over that shit and move on. If you keep holding on to that shit, then like, that's a you thing. That's not a, like, that's the game. Like, people are going to, it's competitive business. People are going to butt heads, but you hope, but the idea is that, like, that's not supposed to last forever. Or that's, you're not supposed to be mad enough to come back months after, or come back from injury to come and shoot on a motherfucker, you know, in their home area. Like, that's what Punk did. And that's like, yo, that's, that's really, that's, that was, that shit was unprofessional. And that's, you know, and then he, and then, like, the shit then kept going. All bad, ugly, man. Ugly. Um, Keem says, what do you what do you think uh will actually take for it to be settled if it can at this point? Honestly, I don't know if it can be in a lot of I, I but I feel like we're gonna get our answer like I, relatively soon, the next couple months. Like as far as like the every day that goes by and at least not re-signed yet, I think is something to pay attention to. Um and then that coinciding with punk actually clearing up from injury, which will probably be around like three months from now. Yeah. I think honestly, what it come, what it would come down to, and what would solve this thing is Tony Khan and all the hinting and pointing and nudging around. Like he clearly wants CM Punk back, and he's always wanted him to come back. He comes back, he shows up, he says what he what he feels he needs to say to whoever else, and and go from there and and get in a program with someone that's not involved in that shit, and and then go from there. And then like if they eventually and they all be around each other. And then they'll see the ratings and they'll see who's programmed with who. And then eventually somebody along the line will be like, fuck it. I'll, I'll work with him. It's been enough time. I'm over it. We taught, blah, blah, blah. We patched it up, da, 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 whatever. That's how it should work. Like this CM Punk thing is not, is not shining bread. It's not even, not even close, but they still manage to work together with each other. Right? Like this, you know, like, if they can't figure this out, like, I think we're kind of done with, like, interpersonal dynamics and the pressure cooker of entertainment, like, if if they can't figure this out. Because, like, you know, I think Lanz has said stuff like this, like, no one has ever been, like, no one, in you look at overall history of this business, no one has ever been fired over something, over getting in a backstage fight. Fight, yeah. And that's that's real. Um, obviously it's a different time, it's a different standard or whatever else, but like, it's not a locker, it's not a sports team, but like sports people, like I mentioned, like people get in fights, it happens. Um, so like, I would, I would be disappointed if they can't figure it out, if they can't like make this a, a workable situation where he can come back and whatever. And like, when he comes back, he's gonna have to eat a lot of shit or he's not, he's definitely, but either way, he's gonna be a lot of booze, or whatever else. And he can make that work because he's that talented or whatever else. And he, and he can be, he will still be valuable the second he comes back. The the thing is, will there be people that want to work with him? 
Yeah, if he, because if everyone boxes him Adam out, brings up like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good he is if he's, if everyone boxes him out. If he gets boxed out by everybody, then what can you do? You gonna do right. you gonna do programming with with Jungle Boy? <laughs> like he was mentioning, Jericho not not fond of CM Punk. Mox may not be fond of CM Punk at this point. Well, I mean that um, promo, like you know, when he said his path for his title, like when he cut the promo of the year, like, I mean, that was a huge part of it. It's like. That we like this bit. This promotion was built to not deal with this kind of bullshit that I'm now having to deal with and talk in front of you and you know explain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think TK's got to eventually like come out either in some type of press conference or like official kind of statement and really kind of step in to the middle of this in a way that he did not at the press conference. He kind of like went as far away from it uh, as one could, but he's going to have to either be like, "This is what's happening," and be transparent with people. I think we can all handle it at that point, especially like these guys are making, you know, millions of dollars each. Like I, I feel like, you know, that this is kind of a big reason why I didn't bother asking Kenny about it. It was like, yo, like it's ultimately not like, you know, the person that's going to have to like make the decision is TK and, or solve it or anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. yo, you know, he has to make his intentions clear that he either wants one of these parties back or both of them back or none of them back. Yep. Like, and you know, uh, Crystal Fisher brings up a great point. Like, you know, one thing Tony did that was weird was he went on Observer Radio last year and he was like essentially promoting like the idea that Paige and Punk don't like each other. Uh, and I remember he was like saying something like, you know, that can also that can be good, you know, for us. And like it was like, yeah, yeah, you I remember can. That. But like, I remember that. I will say when he was saying that he was more, it felt more like he was thinking out loud than actually saying that's what his, that's what his hope is. So mm-hmm. to be fair, it was more or less saying like, yeah, you know, people do have, you know, had beef and they've done it. So I, I, you can, he has a point, but I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, uh, put too much stock in that, at least uh, as of now, but I will say everything else seems to scream to me that he, de- that he really wants Punk to come back. It just yeah. you know, like, but, but it's so like, far out that it's not even worth like you know. We're talking about it. We've been talking about it, but like, we'll see. We'll see in a couple months when he comes when he's healthy enough to when they figure out if he's healthy enough to finally cut him or whatever else. But I will say, like back to the sports analogy, if the whole locker room doesn't want him, he has to go. Um, I just we'll see if enough time has passed and he's able to patch up enough stuff to where people will be able to get over because it it's been you know it's been months. It's been you know since the summer. Yeah, cooler so, heads can uh, prevail, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, we had a big episode of uh, AW Dynamite last week. It was uh, <laughs> lots of great matches. Yes, um, <laughs> we had uh, opened up with uh, MJF and Kanosuke Takeshita. Uh, they were in El Paso, Texas. Um, and MJF actually got in the ring and wrestled a match. Huh. Um, of course, uh, Kanosuke Takeshita lost uh, again. Uh, but this is a really good match. I would say yes. probably like you know four, four and a quarter, something like that. Uh, MJF kind of displaying his his sneak, his hidden talent that he has. Um, you know the, all this shit where you know they keep him out of the ring for two months and all that. I'm I'm over it at this point. I'd rather see him working regularly. Uh, um, but I'm I've come to the realization they're they're just not going to do that with him. Uh, you know I would like to catch it to win, but. You know that I don't get what I want here. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I mean, you knew once they got once they put the match, what was going to happen? Yeah. Um. I I'm not as high on the match as you. Um. I thought the I thought that the match was very good. Or I I'd probably give it like three and three quarters. I, I felt like 
too much of the match was we're going to MJF is going to bump while or going to bump around like he's a fucking like he's hitting in the territories like for Takeshita kicking his ass and then you know you know what's going to happen he's going to you know come back and lose like it felt like it felt like one of those like flare terror it felt like one of those flare territory matches where he's like there to make the baby face or whatever else and it's like that's fun and Takeshita's obviously great on great on offense but it just it didn't it didn't grab me in that kind of way except for like mm-hmm. the 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 um the Spanish fly land thing which I yeah. which I howled because I was like, when the fuck has Miz ever done this or shit like this? <laughs> when people want to talk about he's just Miz, like, bitch, where? <laughs> bitch, Miz would have torn his ACL. Both of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, they um they did the whole deal um where uh, MJF won, um and this is his second match in two months, <laughs> um. After that, uh, they basically <clears throat> had, uh, you know, MJF had the diamond ring, uh, grabbed it from the ref. Uh, he started hitting Takesha with it, busts him open. Danielson saves him, but, uh, you know, Takesha was laid out. Um, after that, we got a video package of Samoa Joe talking about regaining the TNT belt. Mentioned Wardlow wanted to take his title from him, but he's going to take everything from Wardlow in return. Yeah. Uh, some of the lines of mentioning how he actually respected Darby Allen, but he doesn't respect Warlow. Yeah. Um, he said he knew Warlow was like weak. You know, I've heard, he said something else like that too. So, um, we had a eliminator match on the women's division. Jamie Hader beating the Bunny. I think the Bunny got injured. Like this was supposed to go longer, but it didn't for whatever reason. And Jamie, you know, just put her away. I don't really have much to say. Yeah, I saw some people worried that like uh, the um, in, the uh, the safety police were going to get on Jamie, and then like Jamie's going to stop hitting her. And I was like, Nah, Jamie ain't going to stop hitting her. Susie O O A three, welcome to the stream, first time chatter. So, um, yeah, uh, Adam says he lost to the world champion, Bunny. Oh, she got concussed. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully she's straight. Uh, so we had Renee backstage with uh, Tony and Soraya. Uh, she called Hater a loser before calling in Leva Bates. Um, then all of a sudden, they uh, attacked Leva Bates with some horrible-looking offense. She's on they the sp- staff, right? Yes. Yeah, okay, because I was like, I don't remember last time I saw her on screen. <laughs> like, maybe the beginning of AEW. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, but uh, they they spray-painted an L on her. They're yes. spray-painting L's on people. Yes. Um, this is like... <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby girl needs to pass the mic. Bill's mafia. Says. <laughs> oh, Serena calls her baby. Yeah. She says baby girl a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my man, Diego. What's good, man? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dave's Dave's all over the place when it comes to AEW. It's kind of been like that. Yeah, since I saw May. that. Someone said that uh, Meltzer has given them like three hundred some uh, four stars. Like, yeah, I know. He like anything that's anything that's three and three quarters. Like, like he'll or not anything, but like a lot of things that are three and three quarters, he'll slap a four on that shit quick. Like, go look. People have their ups and downs with cage match or grapple, and I agree. It's a far more representative. Uh, it's far more representative than just Dave Meltzer's ratings. Like I will look at that before uh, in comparing, look in comparison to the four stars that like uh, matches that Meltzer's given given out, and you look and you're like, yo, these are not nah, nah. He's he's overdoing it. He's ODing it sometimes. He absolutely is. But whatever. Like 
it's 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 a lot to his style of the wrestling he prefers. Like if you want, if you've if you've seen Dave Meltzer rate matches at times, you kind of know what he what like what pops him. He loves lucha, right? Like I mean, he likes all types of wrestling, but like if you give him fast paced flying wrestling with athleticism and hard hitting, he's going to he's going to like. It's going to touch his tickle spots, if you will, or whatever, or trigger. It's going to trigger him positively more than other stuff. Um, <clears throat> after that, we got MJF cutting his promo. Um, so he said Takeshi wasn't a match for him or a generational talent like himself. He doesn't know uh, if people hate him because he's twisted or if he's twisted because he hates them. He then told this long cockamamie story about how in high school he got in a car accident with a girl he liked. Um, basically implied it was Liv Morgan. Um, and then he was talking about, uh, you know, uh, he said she cracked her windshield or head on the windshield when they met, uh, he was getting some road action. Um, one to put it lightly, <laughs> um, uh, this, that was the implied nature of this. Uh, he, he said he was met with adversity and the cops came. He, he did the old switcheroo that made it look like, uh, she was driving and in life there are winners and losers. And tonight. He'll expose Brian Danielson for the loser he is. MJF is proud of being a scumbag. Um, I was kind of indifferent on this. When I heard it, I was like, well, I heard about it before I saw it because I got uh, tuned in late. But I was like, all right, MJF. Yeah, I, I think MJF has been – he's had a wide variance on his promo stuff since he's been champion. And it seems like he has a lot of ideas. And not all – and some of them need to be reeled in. But um, what'd you think of this one, James? Oh, you know, like I, 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 I fucking hated this thing. Um, like, well, let's start here. Maybe I am grading him on too high and steep of a curve because of how talented I think he is. That even in, like we do this, you know, <clears throat> I feel like every third promo with him, I'm like. It's well executed because he's so fucking talented, but I just wasn't feeling it, right? It is better than the I have Nick Khan's phone number stuff, Keem. I agree. It, it, it is. It is. Uh, I will say, but that, it, but it is less believable than I, I actually think he does have that. Like, when Nick Khan, he says he has Nick Khan's number, I actually believe that. This shit, I didn't believe for a second. Like, this is fake. Like, <laughs> like... It, it was so funny because like seconds later after I like went on I, I, I mini ran into how like unbelievably fake this whole fucking thing is and like how can anybody get worked by this like Eddie Kingston tweeted later is like what the fuck is this fake shit and I was like I fucking held but um yeah um he does the promo in like I think the thing for me is like I, I, am I I'm thinking of like What was it about him and CM Punk that made him rein this kind of nonsense in? Like when he was like when he told his or not nonsense like or come up with it or rein in the ideas of like what it means to be a bad guy and compelling to people, right? So like the yelling and the staring in the camera and like the the I'm doing everything perfectly because I saw fucking Ric Flair do it and everybody else do it like on these territory tapes I saw. Sure. Oh, that's per- pitch perfect because it's MJF. But like the context of the stuff he's saying in the story he's giving me, I'm just like, I'm just, it's so ridiculous and, it, and I can't take any face value. Like when people said that like 
on Twitter that like people called into the P- local PDs for this, and then There's like no and, and, then, and then what's the call? Did it was like no, no one felt, no one believes this bullshit for a second. Stop lying. I was like, yeah, of course, I don't believe that shit. No one believed that shit. So it's just for me, like I'm thinking the CM Punk stuff when he did the promo about like how he was like he was bullied as a kid and his upbringing and all and, that and, stuff and the kill and, they were, and like, people were being anti-Semitic to him and everything and then like CM Punk gave him this thing to look at and aspire to be and then he left and he, you know like the you know my jealous fan thing of like the you left and all I had was anger left and I felt like you deserted me right and like you think of the cost and then that promo Punk did of the the next day he was, or the next week he was like am I a good guy and then he calls me says like I'm tr- every day I'm trying like that's that was great this is like there is no piece of humanity in him cutting this promo. There's nothing there. Mm-hmm. He's just, I'm evil and I spit in kids' faces and I stab and I stab homeless people. Like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here, man. Like, I don't why would I ever want to watch you on my screen then if you're that irredeemably an asshole? And you can and you're, and you're just a despicable person and there's nothing, there's no, there's nothing to that's compelling. You're just evil for the sake of being evil. You're a sociopath. Why would I want to watch that? This is a step up from racism. This is a step up from Speak American. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, I was, like I said, I was I indifferent those, about this. But I, but, I, but from what I heard, that, that's fair enough. Yeah, I, I was kind of indifferent about this. It was like, all right, maybe it was because it was spoiled ahead of time for me. And I wasn't like, what the fuck is he talking about uh, in the moment? But um I think his evolution shall continue. Um, uh, 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 before we move on, before we move on, I'm gonna send it to you so you can put on a thing. Rich, I know you don't really watch uh, the, uh, or you really like follow any of the com- um, the comic book stuff, but I saw on Twitter something that fucking floored me. They, they someone showed a still of him backstage in that locker room, and someone said uh, that uh, pull up. Uh, I sent you a message, Rich. Someone said. That MJF's hairline looked like Magneto's fucking helmet from X Men, and I fucking howled. It, oh my it. god! Because he, because the person that said it is absolutely right, and it floored me. And I was like, "Yo, you know, for someone that's he's 26, 24, how old is he? Twenty six, I believe. When he look, when he is thirty six, he will be, he will be, he will be, he will be one of the he'll members. The, the members. He'll be yes. one of the members. Let me join the members. Look. Welcome. I got about two months left till I'm 34. I, I'm still, I'm still holding on strong, you know. So, trying to, trying to avoid that. You are doing much better than me and MJF. <laughs> <laughs> like the sad thing is, like, bro, I've been, I, I have, I have, I, have, I, I came home years ago, right? You, you went home early. I went home years ago. My hairline is better. My hairline has never been in that kind of situation. I got the move situation where it went, it went going in the back first. This is still strong. It ain't never. It ain't gonna. You ain't gonna never see me with the. No. I no. I am never gonna be out here looking like Eric Eric Magnuson. No. Man, I got the golden arches on top of his dome. Yeah. Um. So after that, <laughs> we got the Ricky Starks uh, Garcia Guevara gauntlet. It's more of an angle, uh, I would say, than anything. Mm-hmm. D- dispatching the geeks, and then uh, I got tuned in uh, for the Garcia Starks part. 
Um, and they were doing some mat wrestling, but um, it, it ended up with Jericho on the outside uh, in mask um, using a classic Chris mask trick. was that? I what Lucha was matching that? Was that that wasn't Santo? Because Santo had blue. Brother. Who was who was it? Because it was a or maybe it was some <laughs> generic one. But it, it, it looked like a like a classic Luchador mask. So, so he he was sitting there the whole fucking time while the while the show was going on. Like Jericho's a fucking ham. Uh, he sat there before the show started just to do the angle. Yes, right the Vegeta hairline. Sorry, Rich. Yes, that's exactly what it is. That is the Vegeta hairline. But the thing with Vegeta is Vegeta's a cartoon character. His hairline was built like that on purpose and his hairline has been like that for decades MJF's hairline will not remain like that for decades sorry Joe, sorry Rich sorry to interrupt you I just, I just had to point All that good. out someone made a great point that is the, that is the Vegeta absolutely I'm, I'm learning uh, Jericho on Rampage I did not catch Rampage I only caught Swerve letting us know uh, Black History Month uh, to Dustin Rhodes uh, which was fucking hilarious by the way um, they uh, Jericho said he was El Ocho that's who he was dressed as that's funny. So that's good. El Ocho. <laughs> so he fucking attacks him with the Jews effect. And then, you know, Starks is staggered and he loses. Um, so uh looks like, you know, that's still the direction for revolution. So Starks beat Jericho and now he's going through a gauntlet to face Jericho again. <laughs> Well, remember when he beat Jericho, they powerbombed that nigga through a table. <laughs> so he wants he wants to get back. But um, like, shouldn't they have done something where like okay, so you have to tell me, has has Starks been able to embarrass Jericho since then, like physically? Um, I believe he beat he beat Hager the next week. But did he? Uh, but he ever be? Was he ever able to put hands and and lay out Jericho since? I don't think he's got to Jericho since. Okay, I think I think that's kind of missing. Unless I'm misremembering, maybe somebody can correct me uh, in the in the comments. Um, but the acclaim were backstage with uh with Renee. Uh, Daddy asked that he's going to stay in the back for the tag title match. Uh, Bones is a little little hesitant. After that, uh, we have Renee in the trainer's room. She's with uh, Kanosuke Tsukeshita, Brian Danielson, and they, all of a sudden they heard a door lock, and then Roosh's music hit, and then uh, Roosh made his entrance, uh, and then MJF told Sweet Cheeks, Aubrey Edwards, since um, uh, Brian was in the back, she needs to ring the bell to start the match. Uh, she basically uh, does that, but Danielson breaks the walls down, literally. <laughs> Bust through the door, knocking doors down like Pimp C. God damn it! Um, you know I was I was going to get them all in right there, but um, oh my fucking god! And then uh, Preston Vance and Jose try to hold him back, but catch to help fend him off. Uh, all recounted slow as fuck, uh, but Danielson sprinted out there and uh, it was on. And then we got a good old fashioned Arena Mexico brawl in this bitch. The match was great. The match was great. I don't like it. I don't think it's one of the greatest matches, one of the like 15 greatest matches of all time. Like when that uh, initial cage match rating came in, Bro, but it was great. When I saw that shit was a 9.6 on, I was like, all right, man, we, we got to, we got to punt the brace. We got to stop this. Like, like man, look, man, you put, like, no, any, I just watched the Tokyo dome. No, right? like you put any, it feels like if you put any like 4.5 star match on AEW and then there's blood, it, it could, it could go anywhere. As far as overrating, it could go anywhere. 
Um, look, if you give this thing four and three quarters, I got, I ain't mad at you. It, it, it was great. Yeah, it was a great but match. Like, it, it, they were look, it, 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 look, look, it is not Kabashi Sasaki. It's just not, I'm sorry. Cut the shit. You got to cut the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Roosh has been awesome. Um, I feel like this is a, the best performance he's had. Uh, Danielson was was bleeding that real blood. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like he was, you know, just a little little blade, and then like, you know, there's just a little bit a little bit hanging off him. It was like, nah, he's flowing, leaking. Yeah. Um. So, what the fuck is MJF supposed to do to top this? What was he supposed to do to the top Danielson versus Bandito, or Danielson versus Kanosuke Takeshita? Rich, rich, rich. I miss those episodes. I didn't see those. I I, I have missed those. I got to go back. I yeah. heard great things. I just hadn't watched them. Uh, yeah. But yes, I but look, I assumed. I but that's the same thing. I keep assuming this thing. And like James, he's what going is he going to do? Work, James, he's going to work the arm for sixty minutes. That's oh, that's God. what he's going to do. Uh, to, to I, top I don't this. say that's going to happen. They got But my <laughs> thing is like, obviously, in a in a vacuum, a re, if you do, you know, ten MJF. Danielson matches and 10 MJF Bandito match or 10, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Danielson Bandito or 10 Danielson uh, Takeshita matches. Most of the matches, I mean, the, the superior match would be the Takeshita and Bandito matches. But there is a place where they can do like the bloodbath type of match, like the like the uh, match with CM Punk at Revolution type of bloodbath match, and that could be and the he's match. He's got the alignment on this too. This that, that works a lot better, like when he's wrestling against heels. Right. And Roosh will get some heat. Yeah. But the problem is, you just gave away the bloodbath to Roosh. So now what do you have? Obviously, he's gonna. Obviously both are going to bleed again. They're going to do it. But it's like, are they gonna, you're going to bloodbath. I'm going to see that match. And I'm, like, I'm going to compare it to the Roosh match and be like, hey, bro, I don't think this match is good as that Roosh match. Probably. We'll see what happens Probably. on the night of. But, like, you know, I, you know, Danielson's on such a, you know, such a high level right now that like anything he's going to do is going to be great, but it's like, he's doing, you know, awesome stuff. Like he's back in like the, when he first came back in kind of vibe right now. Um, mm-hmm. so it's like, this dude might be the best wrestler in the world in ring. And it's like, he's going to wrestle the world champion. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to like, even more so than with Adam page, like, bruh, the revolution happens. I know he's gonna lose. I don't give a fuck. I'm showing up with my my Brian Danielson uh, kicking head since 1999 shirt. I'm I'm showing up <laughs> and like I, I'm hoping for a miracle. I know I know he's gonna go down in flames. I I know because he doesn't want to be, be champion, but he needs to realize he needs to be fucking champion because he's been that fucking good this uh, since the year started. New year, new calendar flipped over. Look, there's a I think I think uh MJF will come to wrestle. Uh, one can hope. Uh he wrestles so infrequently that every time he steps in is almost like a prove it situation for him. Because that was like when he was 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 working Wheeler Yuta, it yeah. felt like the same thing when he wrestled this time. It was like, oh, you know, it's just those long breaks and the nothing but talking, and then it's like the wide variance, it's like and and also the rest of the show being such a wrestling heavy thing where no one else is really getting to express themselves. You forget about MJF. Like yeah. we know this guy's excellent. We we but it's like he he kind of loses that a little bit. I feel like yeah, you know he's excellent, but there's also a there's also a ceiling on like how 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 high he can take this. Like 
like he's never like he's he's just flat out never gonna have the best match on a takeover or not takeover. Uh, I mean even on a takeover, but he's just never gonna have the best match on a on an AEW pay per view. Never gonna happen. And obviously, like we've had Moxie be champion, we've had Jericho be champion. Um, if you just have a great match, it doesn't really matter. But it's just that thing that kind of sticks in my mind is like. He can say what he wants to about him being the best in the world, like, but that's just heat. That's just for heat. Like, no one's <laughs> buying that, bro. Like, you get in the ring and like you do your thing, and then like someone doesn't get beaten. Like, either you beat somebody by cheating, or you have your banana banana in the telepipe way to lose. There's always an excuse for whoever an out for whoever gets pinned in his matches. And it's like that's why that's I think there's an overall thing of like why I don't find him as compelling as I used to. Is like once I come to that realization, it's like, oh, this shit don't matter. It's always it's always a fucking scam to the next thing. Like um, he like he really is a, like a, a student of American professional wrestling as far as scamming the fans out of finishes. He really is. <laughs> but um, I I think we should mention again Danielson versus Roosh. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. was talking yeah. to Josh and he was like it was almost like Danielson walked up to Roosh and was like, "How about you be Roosh and I be Laparka, and, uh, and we <laughs> we go out there and do it." Yeah, man. Um, like, I you know, Roosh has been great just coming in, but like, this is his best match. This is his motivated. best match in the company. So, uh, I, I think there's a there's much in the way of uh, the main event. Uh, I think there's gonna be a reward for Roosh coming soon. Yeah. Um. So up next, he's definitely proved it every chance he got. Look, following it back. Uh, oh, we had a segment with uh, Impractical Jokers stealing uh, Chris Jericho's bat. So they're doing some cross promotion stuff. I think well for you. I think I ended up getting played out on Rampage. Rampage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we got the Elite taking on AR Fox and Top Flight. You already Another know what banger. it is. You already know what it is. Like, loved it. Um, thought thought AR Fox and Kenny was a was a nice uh, match within a match. Um, I, th- I thought Nick Jackson looked great. Uh, Fox was like really like since he was losing, it seems like you know the strategy was to highlight him as much as possible. Yeah. Um, and what do you expect? It's the elite in these trios matches, and it this shit's like a fucking this is a human highlight film uh, with all this shit. So definitely, much like the last match, go out of your way to see it if you didn't yeah. see this one. Um, Kenny was over as fuck in this building. Um lots of big big Kenny chance so like there's like I think there's a groundswell happening so um keep an eye on that I mean it's been it's been happening when they, you know ever since the the uh the best of seven like building towards hot tags for Kenny like they're setting the, they're setting these matches up to where like Kenny comes in and you know he does his thing and they're going nuts for him they want him cuz you know they recognize he's the biggest star like in most of these matches yeah and um that he basically used the Saki Kashima finish. Yes, he uh, did. He hit the fucking uh, Sapapapan. I, I, fucking for, I forgot to mention that uh, when, I, when I talked to him, but I was going to oh say, did you, did you check out Saki Kashima? Like, but uh, yeah, like uh, Bill's Mafia brings up uh, the elite dude is in her sleep. Uh, yeah, another yeah. one, like four yeah. and a half on the board, easy. Yep. Um, yeah, like that's great. Like the trio belts, like if you look at like the, the average star rating for all the trios matches, that shit's got to be very high. Way up there, yeah. Aside from like maybe the rampage match that they had with Ethan Page, 
uh, Cassidy and uh, Matt Hardy. And that wasn't too bad. Ethan that was Page. like Isaiah Cassidy. I'm like, why the fuck yeah. is Orange Cassidy with me? No, no, yeah, Isaiah okay. Cassidy. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I remember that because that was when um, uh, they were doing the whole thing about like uh, with um. Callis talking about like yeah you want to you want to he's telling Kenny Omega like I need you to hit uh Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy. with one wing angel so that could be a, a what was it an NFT. NFT yeah 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 okay NFT. I don't mean no. I don't, look I ain't I ain't tripping over true missing Matt Hardy match in 2023 even with true, the elite a true scammer um <clears throat> but yeah that you know this shit was excellent imagine one one to let this walk out so um after we had um. Stokely uh, said there's no cracks in the firm. All the problems stem from Hook. Uh, he basically walked up behind uh, Stoke, put him in an arm bar. Um, and then we got the main event. We got the Guns versus the Acclaim for the AEW Tag Team Championships. And, uh, well, we got some new champions. Well, first things first. <laughs> the match didn't have much heat compared to other matches on the show, but it was a good match. Yeah, it, but it was the great. Crowd, but the you know the crowd got killed by the finish in the title change. They were not expecting that, and they were kind of like stu- in a bit of stunned confusion that that, that that the ass boys are now the champions, which it was the point of doing this. But um, you know, when you saw that, when you hear about those quarter ratings, uh, this was not the week to do this shit. It was not. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I, I know why they did it though. Like, I, I guess we should like, uh, the Asboys are not the worst people to ever enter the business. I feel like it's kind that's, of that's true. Like, <laughs> I feel like we need to establish that. Um, uh, this did not happen out of nowhere. Uh, contrary to it what you know, true. someone may say, but um, if you look at the Asboys, um, I've kind of you know slowly like seen them like turn into like good bumpers, good good feeders like good sellers like of people's offenses good at getting people over um i feel like they were always that especially like that's what got the acclaimed over showing like how lame the ass boys are in comparison to them so they also they were the reason ftr was able to turn face Mm -hmm. they were able to as you mentioned they had the the rivalry with the acclaimed that that started before they got to the championships that lost the acclaimed to the titles um, they ended up getting one of those wins over um, FTR to basically like like when when they got that sneak win over FTR, that should have been the alarm going off in people's mm-hmm. head. Like something's happening as, as well as like burying them, um, you know, with, with the FTR RIP funeral, which is fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys can talk. They have a look. Um, they're charismatic in their own way. Um, they have the a best look, wrestlers. but the look is 94 Shawn yes. Michaels. Yes, but, he, but they're fucking like, they lean into it. That's the it. point. That's in, the in, heat in of it. I get way. it. It's the heat yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, and from this, like, they steal the belts, like, and, you know, are they the Young Bucks? No. Are they FTR? No. Are they Lucha Brothers? No. Are they Jungle Boy and Lucha uh, Stores? No. Like, <laughs> are they Swerve in Our Glory? No. Uh, you know, but. This is like this clearly looks like some type of transitional thing, whether it's to get it to FTR um, or get it back to the acclaim. I don't think it's going back to the acclaim. I think it's going to FTR. Um, <coughs> Look at the comments. Um, they are a fed tag team. <laughs> that shit just killed me. <laughs> 
Oh, um, shit. From, from, from everything I hear, you know, the, like these guys work really hard, well liked, and like mm-hmm. it was about time for them to get some type of reward. I understand it, especially like as much as they've kind of, you know, they've done a lot of jobs leading up to this and, and helped get a lot of other people over. And if this is like, you know, this is your one month, you know, thank you, essentially. I can understand it, but you look at that building and they they did not understand it. They're like, what the fuck is this? Right. You claimed like y'all y'all stole from us. And like I haven't seen the exact number on it, but like the way people were talking about that quarter hour, uh the audience didn't understand either. They didn't even want to watch that shit. Um there obviously, you know, my once that happened, same thing you mentioned, I thought about it's like, okay, so FTR Lost to them. They put them over. They also put over the acclaimed. Like, it's not over with with FTR and the guns. I can see them getting the titles and they're looked at as saviors to save these belts as opposed to having to go up against the acclaimed and have the title change and you know, people be upset about it. But, like, I also see that, like, they're going to be the champions and I can also see them, like, getting their win back over the acclaimed after they're already the champions again. And then people be like, well, they're already champions, whatever. And they had a great match. It is what it is. Time to move on. Um, and people can really complain because like they were, the belts were just on the ass boys. It was right. They have on F- F- RT- FTR 10 times out of 10 or a thousand times out of a thousand. They're the ass boys. It's, it's, it's really, it's really diabolical booking. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Um, it was, it, it, it really was is. like, you know, it's, it's a lot like, <laughs> you know, um, and you know, with them timing that their exit from TV, they can come right back in and you know do whatever. But um, you know, let's get it on FTR. Let's let's see what they can do with it, and then you know, we'll, we'll, let's see where it takes them. You know, if you smell what I'm cooking. Um, but um, yeah, that was that was the AW show for this week. Uh, um, James, I guess it's time for you to hit the music. <laughs> Okay, so didn't do a show uh, last week, uh, so I'm basically going to review the anniversary show. Um, uh, Stardom Supreme Fight 2023. Um, This was a great show. Uh, I would say three of the last four matches were great, like all of them four and a quarter or or above. Um, I was really impressed. Uh, The Momo... Kamatani match is kind of like it feels like they're running out they're really running out of, out of steam with whatever they're, they're doing with Kamatani and, and and they need to figure out whether it's you know Mina or Kid or uh, Naspoy or Mirai whoever the successor is and they need to like set that up for uh, Yokohama Arena but outside of that like in uh, parts of and it wasn't a bad match. It was probably like just a three and three quarter thing, which, you know, the, the or maybe three and a half, depending on your opinion of it, as far as the, the level of sloppy it could be at times. But um, I, I still thought this was a great show and um, like a lot of like pleasant surprises, if you will, as far as like the quality of some of the stuff that you thought could have an undercard. Um, so um, I'm not going to go through the I'm not going to go through the undercard matches, but I will say that, like, they had a gauntlet match 
called a uh, Naniwa Roulette match, which is basically a gauntlet match with a five-minute time limit for each fall and elimination, top rope elimination, right? So um, they basically had Mayu come out first because it was her idea, and they basically ran the idea like, she she came up with her idea for for like the winner of this gets a title shot. She she gets the, she gets the first draw. She has to come out. Obviously, it's the 12th anniversary show. She's the first person out for the show, and like she's rushed and she got to come out. She's disappointed. She's number one, and like she doesn't have her jacket on. She didn't, didn't even bring, even bring a mask to come out uh, for an entrance. She comes out and she basically wrestles a bunch of young girls, kicks their asses, and then Tam comes out and they basically beat the shit out of each other until a five minute draw. And they're both eliminated, and they move on with the next two contestants. And then, like from there, it gets to like Mina and Nasapoy. They both elim- they both eliminate each other on a draw. The, uh, then there's another uh, double elimination. They both you you okay with Mina getting eliminated just because Toy got eliminated? What? Yeah, yeah. So, sacrifices boy, you, you got to take sacrifices. Means justify the ends. That boy, see now that's um, a villain. That's a villain. Know, Mina, Mina, um, Mina was under contract. You know she she did her job. You know so. Um, get rid of Nasquoi for me. Wow, that's wow. Elimination. So, so there was also a um a triple or sorry a trios match with um God's Eye with Konami returning. So it's um it was Ami Konami and um uh Shuri uh versus Queen's Quest. So it was uh, Utami Azumi and uh, Lady C. Um, Konami is up uh, beating Lady C and in the win. Um, fun match, but it's undercard match, and it kind of flew through Konami. Just like every time she comes back for spots now, it's just like it's, it's almost like she never left, lost a step, and she's just, you know, I miss her. But like she comes back, and she's always just at top level, and and, and she goes off and goes away, and then she'll be back in you know four months, five months, whatever else. But she's still just great. Uh, so then you start getting to like the 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 last four matches that were just excellent, uh, for the most part, excellent, and um. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot a, a triangle derby match. Stars with um, Hazuki Guma and Ida end up being um, uh, what do you call it? Unique glare. So that's uh, Starlight Kid, Roaka, and uh, Ruko Masaki for that you see on the um, New Blood shows in in Sumo Hall semi main events. <laughs> so that match is, that match is good as well. Uh, but it wasn't as good as the uh, the um, the Konami match. Uh, then you get to um, Mirai versus Shihiro Hashimoto. Um, Chihiro saw, Hashimoto. Saw a big gif out of this one. Yeah. So, Rich, you, you're familiar with the name. Uh, I don't think you've ever seen much. You've seen much of her, but like, she's Sendai Girl's ace. Um, like, basically, the booking for for Sendai Girls for years has been like, Chihiro's the champion. She loses to an outsider, and then she gets her win back later in the year. That's kind of the, that's kind of what their booking has been for a few years now. That's why I don't. That's why we don't cover Sendai, but they have they have good wrestlers. Um, I particularly like her and Miko Wada. But um, uh, so Chihiro like has a build of like a power lifter. Where's the where's the, like the big like uh, sw- singlet or whatever else? And um, you know. She can she can she can do a lot of things, but like she's in a Mirai, so they start the match with like ex, just excellent technical mat and floor and chain wrestling, just awesome. And <laughs> then eventually, like you know, Mirai fans herself as a technician; she's really good at it. But then like Chihiro just basically just outclassed her, just keeps fucking cutting off her water. And then like she starts whooping her ass, 
and then Mariah has to fight from underneath, and Mariah starts fighting back, and it's great. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, like Mariah hits the ropes, and like <laughs> Chihiro ducks behind her, and Chihiro does her huge scooping, like high angle German suplex that she when she does, people it always looks devastating. Like they're like the gift you saw. That was like the third time. That was the one. That's the first of the three times she did in this match. But like, there's one I have from a few years ago. Her doing it to a Chihiro, or sorry, uh, to uh, uh, Mio Momono from um, from Marvelous, and it's like even worse than that. She somehow mm-hmm. gets her higher in the air than Mariah was for that one. But it was just Mariah ends up on her fucking neck. We um, have a lot of fans of Big MF Hash. Yes, uh, in, in the comments yeah. right now. Chihiro's fucking awesome. She's awesome. It's just, you know, you don't see much of her just like, because she's on like the lower tier of the Joshi scene right now, even though she's one of the most talented people in the in the, in the the game. Um, Like, you've seen Maybe you. Maybe she could wrestle Mercedes. <laughs> she mentioned her, right? Remember, like, when she goes to Sendai, she, you know, when Mercedes goes to Sendai, she's in there with uh, Chiro. Um, So, like, you've seen you a number of times. Like, she's used tag partner on the indie, uh, on the Joshi scene. Like, they're three times, they're like two or three time champions in two different, two or three different promotions right now. Um, Mm -hmm. so, like, they're they're the marvelous tag champions. They're the tag champions in, uh, somewhere else, too, at least. So, but, um, but Shahiro's another level than, than you, which is saying something because you've seen you have some fucking great matches, especially Mm -hmm. uh, this tag, uh, run she's had with Nai of late, which we'll get to in a second. Um, so Mariah just keeps fighting back, but Chihiro keeps putting her down and it ends up pinning her after uh, one of the big Germans and gets the win. And like, this match is awesome. Like if you gave this four and a quarter, I wouldn't be mad at you, but I gave it four. It was great. And it was a short little match. I think it went like, um, I'm looking at it, it went 15 minutes. It went, short, it went longer than I thought it, it felt like it went 12 minutes. That's how good it was. I, I would, I would mm-hmm. definitely suge- suggest it to you. Um, so next match after that, goddess titles match, titles matches or goddess title match. Uh, seven up, Nanai and you versus my hey. This, this is match, a good this time every, to bring it up. This match is everything I wanted and more. Um, another big spot for seven up and another four and a quarter or better match, uh, from them. Um, like from the tag league final against uh, Kamatani and Utami to Sumo Hall when they won the belts from Kama, or sorry, from uh, Tam and Nasapoy to. Uh, this, like, I don't think, I don't think I've seen a stardom tag team have three, like, big matches that were this good in a, like, three in a row like this. Um, Mm -hmm. they're, you know, we'll see where the rest of this goes uh, as far as how much longer they'll have the titles or where they're, you know, they've earned the right to stay as a top tag team because they definitely have, in my opinion, as far as their match quality, but... They're fucking awesome, and like the, so this match starts where like um, Hameka they they start out hot, and then Hameka goes for like a running like a dang O'Brien running knee off the apron, and like she lands high on the nigh on the floor, and she lands and she immediately clutches her knee, and you think like she just blew her knee. Like I'm sitting there thinking she just blew her fucking knee. They're gonna have to wrestle this. They're gonna have to blow this. You know, stop this match. Uh, and I, I was like, I felt bad for her. Felt terrible. And then, um, and then, you know, after about a minute, I realized I was worked. Um, like they basically left, um, Micah out there to, uh, basically tag in or, or the match didn't get started. She didn't tag in. She basically started the match and she's fighting for her life against Nanai and you in separate occasions by herself until 
Micah gets up on the corner, and then Micah basically goes to a closing stretch with uh, Nanai, and they kick out of the damnness of, of, of finishers until Nanai finally hits, uh, beats her with the nanoracker, and it was fucking awesome. Um, like, this was like, you know, this was some of the, this was some of the best of Hameka in the ring. Like, when you saw her against, uh, Shuri last year, or with, you know, the end of that Kamatani, uh, white belt match, where she's just like, she's on fire, and the crowd was dying for, uh, Mahime to win the tag titles back, or win them again, and, uh, this ultimately didn't happen, because the night put her away, but, like, that match, that closing stretch was awesome. Um, and the nine and you, they're just another, another four and a quarter to throw on, to throw on to the thing. And they're just, they're just awesome together. Um, and like, it doesn't matter who's closing the match, whether it's nine or it's you, that closing stretch is going to be off the charts. Um, mm-hmm. they're just great. And like, you know, the nine probably can't, or just can't do it at, you know, that high level as a single anymore, but you give her the space to have the closing stretch. She can still do the closing stretch like she was doing like before she fucked up her ankle. It, and she's she's fucking great. Um, and Hameka's great. And I guess I guess now should we talk about it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Hameka earlier this week or or, or or last week announced that she uh, will be retiring from pro wrestling and entertainment and will now just live life as a civilian. Um, and. We haven't really had like a full on retirement in stardom in a minute. Been a um, while. Yeah, it like was. you know, Konami, she's semi retired, if you will, or or whatever. In like Jungle, she's she's still wrestling. Um, and, like the last one, really. Um, I guess case Kagetsu. Yeah. Um. And 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 it, and it, and it stinks because like. This is somebody that, like over the last year particularly has improved one of the more improved wrestlers in the world like from the sense of not I think personally like very similar to when people like vote for like um most improved player for the NBA like the jump from like starter or the jump from like ground floor to the second floor is high but like the it's more advanced and more pronounced when you go from like you're on the third floor and you get to the fourth floor. And I mm-hmm. think that like she was always a very good tag wrestler, but she wasn't a, some slam dunk of a singles wrestler um, until last year in her title challenges. And she was just she was great. And then, um, you know, the last match um, or her final match of the Grand Prix with Micah, that match was great. You know, when they ended up in the, the, uh, the time limit draw. And I'm just like, and, you know, I thought that, you know, I really wanted, you know, her to, her and Micah to win the uh, tag league this year and get, you know, that, that tag title run that was long that, like, they didn't get when they had it the first time. And it's not, it's not going to happen. But, like, I, I, now I see why they, they didn't win and, like, why they went with what they went with because, like, they, they knew that she was winding down. Um, but, like, yeah, I just um, a person that came to stardom and improved as a wrestler and, like, had some, you know, had some great, was a member of a lot of great teams and a lot of great, like, tag matches. And, like, even, like, in the last, you know, her last year, like, had some, her best matches from a singles perspective. And I thought, like, she just, um, she just kept improving. And, um, it sucks that, like, we don't need to see, like, where it could have ended up. But she, um, she has enough, like, for the catalog to, um, to talk about. Yeah, I really started becoming a big fan of hers last summer. And it was just, like, 
you know, from that time forward, I thought she was like the best big woman, like in wrestling. Yeah. Um, and so basically she had, yeah, like she had such a, uh, like I remember dubbing her, like she was the, uh, the she was she was like she was the woman on the girls basketball team that wore number 54 that held down a lane was big as hell and tough as hell and you couldn't move her right and she wore the big ass knee brace or whatever right uh the andrew bynum joint but <laughs> she uh you know i i, I was into Mecca like for sure like she was she like she had a fan in me and uh uh hopefully she gets to whoop nasa play again on the way out um but uh yeah like everything you said like I, I really enjoyed her match with sherry last year um and i think she just like made a lot of like a lot of strides and it was just like i, I woke up and saw she was retiring i was just like oh yeah they do have those early retirements that still yeah. can happen here she's like, like it, it was like a reminder yeah she's like 25 yeah um yeah and uh keen brings a great point we got to cherish uh people while they're still here because like you know it can be over in a, in a flash like um with almost anyone so mm-hmm. um you know best wishes to her and um you know you know if she comes back one day cool you know if not uh you know there's there's lots of uh i think she leaves a lot of good tape to study from and i would have loved to like have send someone like jay cargo over to her and figure it out and you know but that ship has sailed um you know micah and, and Hameka is a uh i think is a tag team that i think a lot of all of us can really appreciate now um and seeing like you know this is kane and undertaker you know but imagine <laughs> if they were good you know that's what that's what micah and Hameka is to me you know kane and undertaker but they're good so, so i think that um you know, now that we mentioned the, uh, we mentioned like her progress as a singles wrestler, she was always a very good tag wrestler. And like, my Hime was one of my favorite tag teams in the world. Um, they, they're just two big, tough women that just club and pound the shit out of you and re- expect the same in return. And like, I'm gonna miss it. I'm really gonna miss it. Like, they, they, they were, you know, I, um, I officially called them the Bash Sister sisters for, for a few years um jml calls them the regulators because they i mean that's what yep. they do they they, they, they did a number straightening jml um, did a uh, pretty good thread uh talking about Hameka too yeah like um they 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 really became one of my favorite tag teams and i remember uh i think you know last year they had their great match to go at the end of you know one of the best shows of the year last year that grand prix final and i said like they had that time limit draw and they basically picked each other up, and they basically walked off, walked up the ramp together, and smiling at like all oh, this was just a good ass with the competition. And I always remember saying like, I never want to see them break up. I never want to see them. I actually said I never want to see them not be a tag team. And I, double negative. That's what and I meant. That shit. Like, uh, like they're. I heard something like Hameka, like it. You know, part of the reason like she's laying it down is like she. Uh, I don't know if I had this right, but uh, she had felt she had gone as far as she could go in stardom. I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, and I'm still sad. While while I, while she's probably accurate in that, I am um, I'm sad that she's gone. Because um, she she's someone that's going to be, you know, they would put her on the marquee, on the on the big poster. She's a big head. She would be a big head. Um, uh, but yeah, like, just, um, 
from from the Natsupoi, or sorry, Natsupoi, from the from the My Himipoi stuff to My Hime, whether you know the trios or the tag team, like they put in they put in some great matches over the last couple years. Uh, whether it's that that trios team or as a tag team, and um, like thinking of like. You know, you see, they put they put teams together, and you see how the chemistry works and vibes work off each other. But like, but from day one, when like Micah, you know, she was a number three in the original three for Domino Mondo, and the number four comes in as Hameka. Like from almost day one, they put her in there um, with with Micah, and they basically were inseparable, like off screen or like on these like uh, behind the scenes things. Like they became like the best of pro wrestling friends. Um, and like, they, they were just so great together and they, you could tell they had a genuine bond and I'm going in like to see that they, they're, that the scheduled match or she requested that, um, her last match be with Micah at the Yokohama, at the big Yokohama arena show. And I was just like, y'all just, y'all just want, y'all just want to make it a cry, huh? That's, that's what it is. Y'all just want to see, y'all just, that, that's what you're doing, huh? I, I see y'all, that's disgusting. Look, most discussional promotional tactic. Making James Boy cry. Yeah, I see what y'all doing. That's really gross. That's really nasty. But uh, yeah, like I, I can't nasty wait to work. see it. That's gonna be really emotional and physical. It's gonna be both. Yeah, they're gonna leave it out there. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be some real Allen Last Iverson. Bump. It's gonna be some real Allen Iverson. Yeah, ass gonna be whooped in that ring um, <laughs> with love. Um, but yeah, like I mean, I think my I think my favorite moment between them. My favorite like. My Hime interaction was uh this actual um past tag league. So they're there for the press conference for it and they're together and like Micah Micah like they say they're gonna win it and you know like when you win the, the tag league they have like uh tandem rings like you know putting your rings you know that's like your trophy, like they give you rings with the, the uh in the shape of uh the tag titles on the on the rings. They started that in mm-hmm. twenty twenty. And um so Micah starts talking and she's like, we got this in the bag because we were bonded. And like, she, she grabs my, she grabs Hameka's hand. Micah takes off one of the rings on her hands and Micah puts a ring on it. <laughs> and that was what, so I, I just like, you know, they fake, they even, you know, they so close to even fake married. So it's like, yeah, that's, that's just such a great bond and closeness and like, it's gonna it's gonna be rough when uh like by the end of that match it's gonna be real rough to watch that it really is but um you know she wants out and like that's gonna be a great match regardless so I uh, can't wait to see it hate to see her go but that's what she wants and um you know hope her hope hope wish her the best because like you said she basically became the best big woman in wrestling like over this last year just just a lot of work put into it and everything um a lot of work put into it like in like. It's really hard to see women like her bump like that, like women her size bump like that. She's just she, I, you know, like the Vince Man meme. She, she was special, like in that kind of rare, rare breed of like you had this six eight woman that can bump around like she's Sasha Banks. That's that's unusual. It's really unusual. Um, so wish her the best. Um, but yeah, uh, moving on with the rest of this card. Um, then you get to the Saya Kamatani uh and Momo Watanabe match. It, uh, it. Hey, before we do that, yeah, the record is set. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I think I am. 
I feel like there is a real ceiling on on Momo matches now, um, because of the the, the cheating and oh, oh, Otachi shenanigans. Like if this was twenty twenty and they had this match, I'm, you know, you're not a Momo. You're gonna have a great performance and you're gonna get yourself a great match because she had the willpower to just will a match to greatness because she was that good. And obviously, nothing's changed physically with her. She still has had great matches. Since this uh, turn and change in direction for character, but Kamatani feels like she's still kind of like has lost, has her confidence sapped in these title matches ever since the Mina thing, and her work has been sloppier in these title matches since then. And when you could, once you throw that with like the, you know, throw the Oedo tie trunk while Kamatani is going for a springboard off the top. Uh, to the floor, but you missed by a million miles. It, it's just a, a lot of just like this is this is rough. This is really rough for two of the better, you know, wrestlers you'll see uh, in the company at times. Um, yeah, it was uncharacteristically like underwhelming for these two. Um, I got I can't sugarcoat it. Uh, I you know I probably give this thing like four and a, or sorry four three and a half. It's a like maybe three and three quarters. Like if it was one of the worst Kamatani white belt defenses, it just was, I wasn't really engaged in the action. And, and when they, and like, it just didn't click physically. And I felt like a lot of it was like when they actually were wrestling, it felt like a lot of it was Kamatani wasn't up the snuff technically, or as far as crisp, uh, it just felt sloppy. Um, but Kamatani ended up winning with a, a four fifty splash and she moves on. um, you know they, uh, you know she called out Mina um, earlier in the year to get another shot, um, but we'll see if and when that happens. Um, but yeah, um, she moves on, and it feels like it's running out of steam with her with this white belt. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's coming towards time. You set the record. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's 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 figure out figure out something else, and did like, you know, put put her in tags for a little bit. Well, and, I, was uh, thinking, I was thinking rebuild the with rebuild the unit. Yeah, yeah, with trio, with uh, Triangle Derby, you know she's in there with uh, her teammates or or Azumi and Utami. So I was just assuming like they got to be the favorites because it's it's their top three. Um, so I was thinking like that's a nice landing spot like as a transition out of it. I was you know, um, but we'll see we'll see then where this all goes because you know like the Triangle Derby finishes up before we get to Yokohama Arena. So we'll see. Um, so the main event: Julia versus Suzu Suzuki. This match went way longer than the uh, the tie they had at the at the Grand Prix final, but I found the Grand Prix final to be more compelling. Um, they started this match on the on the mat, and I I I hated the choice, and then they you know they did a lot of like opening five minutes of groundwork, and I'm like, I understand that like Shuri did this, but Julia like. You're not Shuri, and you're not in here with Shuri. Like I'm not here to see Ju- Suzu and Julia like work on the mat. And then eventually they got up and started beating the shit out of each other, and that was much more, uh, you know, to my liking. Um, and it was a lot, you know, it was it was they end up getting great. Uh, but like I probably say like like the four star four and a quarter range. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I I I still think that um their their draw was better. Uh, but. You know, it was just um it felt like it felt like they felt like they had to go twenty five minutes as opposed to like filling out the twenty five minutes well. Um 
it was it was uh it was a it was a bit flat for me but like uh you know as far as my expectations for the match that's probably what that's probably why I felt flat for but it was still a great match nonetheless but um it was a great match um so, uh, Shuri, Shuri, uh, Julie ended up, ended up finishing her off with the, uh, not the Vermillion, but with the regular Northern Lights bomb. I, I was expecting a kick out, but just put her away with that. Um, and, um, after the, the match, Julia stayed in the hand and Suzu shook it, but hated it and like basically like <laughs> threw her hand away and rolled out. Um, and then also Julia, she debuted new music. Heard it was okay. horrible. It was okay. I think that it does not fit the character or at least what the character has been. Um, you know, like it's, it, it's, it feels like a lot like EO's old starter music and like they're EO and Julia are totally different people. Um, but whatever, uh, I, maybe it'll grow on me over time, but like, I felt like it was a, I think it was a step down in new music. It's just like a change for the sake of change. It's like Mike said, as someone who's gotten into stardom within the last year, I don't see the point of the heel turn with Momo. I'll tell you what what I think it is. Um, she she was someone that was no longer that was going to be pushed as a baby face at the top anywhere. So it was like one of those good old Bret Hart situations. They put the list of names on two papers. Either A, you can wrestle against all these people and lose. Or B, you can wrestle all these other people and be on the other side of the coin. You might lose, but you might win a few more. Um... Yeah, it was it was it was a lot of that. It was also like, um, you know, after about a year, they they they, they kind of they like to shape the status quo of the of the factions and like the core of Kamatani and Momo and Azumi and Utami had gotten not stale, but it's like it's it's been it's been a it's been a lot of the same for a while now. It needs to, it needs to be shaken up some. Like that's what happened with DDM last at uh, the beginning of or in the middle of uh last year were like Shuri's departure and Naspoy's departures. They need to be freshened up. Um, similar thing happened, um, or similar was about to happen to cosmic angels with like Demina thing. However, that shakes out. Um, they just feel like after about a year and a half, it's about time to switch it up. Um, even if you love them as, and their chemistry together, they feel like got to, you know, switch up these groups and, and whatever else. Uh, so they went with the Oedo tie time thing at the time. And also Oedo tie desperately needed top level wrestlers. Um, because it, it was Starlight, because remember, before Starlight Kid got there, it was Nasuko Tura, Saikashima, Konami was their best wrestler, Jamie, or sorry, uh, B had just left, uh, like in the spring, and they were, you know, they didn't have quality, like, you can put them in a semi-main event and just say, there you go, go do your thing, it was, uh, so they, so they put Starlight Kid there to make her the de facto uh, leader because they didn't have a leader time or uh, a leader that was believable like NASCAR wasn't believable as a leader um, at like being at the top of a card or anything so they want to start like kid as a fu- as a future to build to that over the next couple years which we're heading to that this year or maybe next year and then um but they needed another person because like Konami was going into semi retirement so then they basically plucked Momo for it because it also was like double whammy of they they need top level wrestlers in that that top four of Queen's Quest has been locked in place since 2020, since spring mm-hmm. of 2020. So they end up pulling the trigger on that. So I don't, I'm not mad at it. I just, um, and quite frankly, those Starlight Kid and Momo have made, um, Oedo tie matches top to bottom, or Oedo tie top to bottom more interesting and made their matches better and like have inspired like 
Saki defined a role as a third in, a tri- in that trios fa- in that trios team, and also like made Nasco come back from injury and give a fuck in a way that she flat out was not before she got injured. So uh, it's a net it's a net positive for me as far as roster positioning, but like for her outlook in the company, she did take a step down. She did She's going down uh, undoubtedly, uh, but it was for the better of of the team and promotion, if you will. Um, so yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, great card, uh, lots of great matches up and down, uh, three matches. I absolutely say go out your way to watch. And then, um, two other matches that I would say are really fun to check out. Um, yeah. Uh, but that is stardom. Uh, they have a pay-per-view on the, th- on the, uh, 4th of March. Uh, they oh, rescheduled. Uh, Kim, Kim said, who y'all got for Cinderella this year? Um, Mariah. Back, back to back. back, baby. Back to back, baby. I mean, they have done. They did do that with the first two with um, Mayu. Um, one thing about uh, let's say about about uh, Cinderella. They they are doing thirty six wrestlers. It's way too goddamn many people for Cinderella. I understand it's a ten minute time limit for the for the beginning rounds and all that kind of stuff, and it's over the top rope elimination. Still, that's way too many fucking wrestlers. You, you're throwing in buys and all that kind of stuff. I understand were buys last year, but it was only two buys last year. Now there's like, there's gonna be what at least four. Um, we'll see how it goes. But um, if I had to guess, thinking of people that make sense, I think Starlight Kid's too obvious. I thought she should have won it last year. She did not win it. Mm-hmm. They end up going um, with Mirai. Um, so for me, I'm going to say Mina makes. Mina seems like she doesn't need it because she can just get a title shot because once she's been offered it and she's already been gunning for it and all that kind of stuff. And now she has all, she's already on the map. Like, like Cinderella is kind of like, it's not exactly like, but it's like what the spirit of what money in the bank originally was is like, this could potentially get somebody jump started to get them to being a player um, or, or have a breakthrough year. Um, so for, so for me, um, I think NASA Poise has now jumped past that because uh, of the feud she had with Tam and then joining in the tag run. Um, uh, I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't think they would do this, but I would say try Hannon. Mm. Like, given, you know, given that, you know, given how well she did in, in uh, last year in the Futures Belt in these matches. Um, given her age, given her size, like they put her in the Grand Prix last year. Like she'll, I, I don't know what her birthday is, but like, she's about to be 18 or maybe she already is 18 or about, or especially like she'll be out of high school soon. I mean, like I, it I would think line up do, with Ross. He wanted to pick, pick a new person, Yeah, you know, like, yeah. like he does every year. Yeah. So I'll say Hannon, um, Micah, uh, they could do that. Um, they could do that. I feel like Micah is already too on the scene to, to do it. It's like, um, like she can get a title shot just by asking it, ask for it. She can get two a year or one a year. Um, but yeah, um, I was, I would say Hannah as far as a, a off the wall one, not to expect, but like, uh, I feel like the mean, like everybody that's on, you know, Mariah, um, people that it could be Sessors to Kamatani. I feel like they're all too big to win it. Maybe, maybe you do Hazuki. Team said, "How about Micah? 
I don't know if Hiroki Goto about to get rewarded out here. Oh, God damn it. I hate you. Um, I think Cinderella wraps up before Yokohama Arena. I'm not uh, just before it. So, like, I think she's already, you know, she's already she, like, I feel like they're going to set that up for a title shot. So I think Mike has already spoken for with the Hameka match or mm-hmm. retirement match. But, um, yeah, I, I, I would say I, I would go with I would say as far as like kind of like off the beaten path, I would go with Hannon as my pick. Uh, but I, yeah, but I mean, whoever they pick, I'm, I, well, I'm sure they'll actually, uh, I think they have a good chance to actually win this year. Um, I think they, you know, with Kamatani last year and then Mirai, I'm sorry, Kamatani with 21 and then, um, Mirai last year, you know, they burnt off, they beat two, the two Cinderella winners back to back. So like they can now like do the whole full, do it all, go all the way with that person, uh, this year. Uh, but we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, on the fourth of uh, March, they they have the next pay per view, and um, this is where they're rescheduling the Starlight Kid uh, Zumi high speed match that I got robbed out of seeing in person on uh, January eighth. Shame. Um, yeah, so that's where they're gonna do it, and um, can't wait to see that. Uh, they're also putting on that card. They're putting um, Shahiro Hashimoto versus I believe Ami. Um, like she basically, it. she basically running through all of, uh, God's eye to get to her. So they like Maki, Rossi may put it on Mariah May. That I can see that, you know, look, don't be shot. Like, look, 2017's Tony Storm one. It's happened before. That is, um, Zalnita's TV says that is disgusting, but I can see it. I don't know why that'd be disgusting. Like from what we've seen in her, she's she's good. Like what I and she is obviously she's not the best wrestler in the promotion, but like she's she's a decent gaijin for what by the standards of what you look. Mariah, look, Mariah May has been a lot than most of the motherfuckers that I was seeing in 2019. Let let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it a bean. Come on now. <laughs> you, was, you was not out here living this rebel kill life where Azumi is 16, having to carry her through the fucking open round of the Cinderella tournament. Is Rebel Kell the same Rebel from from AEW, or is that somebody else? No, no, else? totally different, totally different. It's okay. A Nick, look, a Buddy Wayne student. Hmm. I don't think she was going to the same class Nick was going to. Yeah, Can't, Nick must have been. been somewhere else. Couldn't have been somewhere else um, with it. Nick for the logo with it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Rebel so Kill was not. Look, uh, Bobby Tyler running running slower than than uh, Shashi Blackheart. No, Mariah May is way better than some of these than most of them guys I was seeing in 2019. So um, yeah, uh, it, it's worked out a lot better than I thought that was. I Bruh. thought like they were sending me up for failure. Shashi Blackheart runs slower than Hurricane Wind, bitch. Oh my god. That's fucked up because the last hurricane we had, like, it was so slow. We caught so much rain because it was moving so slow. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. All right. I think it's, I think it's time to wrap it up there. Now we get into, we get into real negative territory. Gotta oh, go. Man. Uh, thanks but, for yeah, listening, man. Um, oh, before, before that, um, make sure uh, y'all check out my new music video. Put one out. 
or Dream Machine, buy the album, Dream Machine, in the comments. Pay what you want. Don't be cheap. No, I'm kidding. If you want to hear it for free, you hear it for free. Um, if you want to pay, pay whatever you want for it. Um, and yeah, watch the video and shit. And look out for um, the interview um, with uh, Kenny Omega coming shortly. Yes, yes, yes. And that will be on our solo feed, which we uh, we suggest that you um, follow and subscribe to if you are following and listen to us from the solo suplex uh, uh, thread. Or not thread, but uh, subscription. Um, so uh, thanks for listening, y'all. Um, be sure to rate us. Ah, I can't even talk. I'm mush mouth. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using to listen to this with and listen to other shows on the network. Besides one nation radio, you have keeping a strong style, the Ricky and Clyde wrestling show, grown men watches shit. Uh, the grave consequences podcast, eight bit suplex, all things elite, great mass generator, get in the ring and meet the press slam. Thanks for listening. Y'all later. Smoking on that, that them Philly blunts. Yes. Philly plus. <laughs> Look, Patrick Mahomes Sr. named that boy LeVon. <laughs> For all y'all that are surprised about his dad, let it be known. He raised... Look, if your name is middle... If your name is LeVon, he intended you to be a nigga. It, it, look, don't, 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 don't get it confused, but yeah, goodbye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.